in 1972 in Vietnam. Move out. They were trained to be the best in the worst hell on earth, the Annihilators. Now in 1985, in the back streets of an American city, one of them stood up for justice and paid with his life. And together, his buddies are coming back for the ultimate revenge. The home front is the battlefield. They're gonna teach a neighborhood how to fight back. There's gonna be a lot of mad punks around here. And together, they're going to prove they can make a difference. Who the hell are these guys anyway? The Annihilators. I got a busload of your kids! And even though the war is over... Let's go, we're the only hope they've got. I'm gonna start throwing out this kid! The real battle has only just begun. And for a neighborhood in trouble, they're coming to the rescue. Soon, every town in America is gonna want him on their side. They're the new heat on the street. The Annihilators. Coming soon from New World Pictures. on the YouTube channel, you're seeing 10,000 faces before you, and we got a lot of traffic to direct on today's show, so we'll get into that. Don't forget that Cinema 9 Pod is your friend, and by having 100 episodes, we hope to have 100 more. Travis Roy, Eric Branstrom are my co-hosts. We are three united together in this show. Real quickly, Travis, uh, 100th episode, how do you feel about it? Oh, man, I feel great about it. It has been a real experience going through all this with you guys, and I cannot say how happy I am to have Zach the Snack and Sneezy C from the <laughs> podcasting After Dark here with us. You guys, I, I love your show. I I, it's, I feel like I know you guys. It's really awesome. to. Uh, it's real special to have you guys on with us. So so thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for having us on the show. And congratulations on 100 episodes. That is amazing. Thanks, man. Yay! Yeah, so we have the podcasting After Dark crew with us. Uh, we'll get to talk to them momentarily. Eric. This is the 100th episode. You've worked really hard. You've grown the YouTube channel. You've spent many years working on different microphones, different <laughs> audio formats. Uh, how do you feel about the next 100 episodes going forward? 
I just want to thank everyone that's ever listened to the show, maybe downloaded an episode, liked a post, or uh, supported us in any way, because not only has this been an opportunity for me to reconnect with two of my dearest friends that I love very much, but it's also been an opportunity for me to kind of get back into movies, uh, something that when you know when you get in your late 30s and you get super busy, uh, it, it tends to fall by the wayside, and you got to... You gotta, uh, you got to work that muscle, man, and you got to get get the pen to paper and uh, get out there. So I just want to thank everybody for listening, uh, you two for being my uh, brothers in arms, and of course my co-host tonight because I feel like I am just one step away from meeting my idol, Tom Noonan. How in the <laughs> fuck did you guys do that? Oh, Tom Noonan, the scariest interview we've ever done. Oh, uh, my God. It's incredible. Zach, Zach, how did we get Tom Noonan? Well, uh, well, first of all, thank you guys for having us on and, and congrats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Every is. time you say my name, I want to hear bullets go off. Um, Zach Schaefer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it helps, uh, being someone in the business. Yeah. I'm in the business. I'm a voice actor, uh, have a lot of connections and, you know, you reach out to different people and whatnot. And so, um, and also sincerity goes a long way. And so when you write an email, but you can't always, uh, you know, sense emotion, but you keep it short, keep it to the point, And you, you, as I like to say, glaze their donut and, uh, <laughs> you may, make them feel good. And man, you know, it was like the start of the pandemic, uh, or right in the, the the heat of it when it was when things were really, really bad. And um, he was, uh, you know, we couldn't see him. The Zoom, we weren't using Zoom at that point, so it was just all audio, and we we're like staring into a void. And Corey and I are looking at each other, thinking like, "Oh my god, I hope this is going well." And uh, we pulled it off. We pulled it off. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I was sweating bullets the whole time. <laughs> uh, like yeah, so. <laughs> That is cool. There's so much to know, so much to learn by doing shows like this and connecting with people who love film. You guys love pop culture as well. It's obvious. We all, five of us, have that in common. It's very, very cool to have you guys here. The Podcasting After Dark crew of Corey and Zach today. I feel like I got to just keep hitting that button all night long. We're going to do... Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to have sound effects and, you know, add something to the show. But... We're going to focus on the Annihilators for our main segment, which is our signature segment here, the Does It Hold Up, where we settle in on a movie for about 45 minutes, and we even take notes. Travis always has a piece of paper or two. Eric takes notes. Uh, and Corey himself I got is my taking notes. notes. Yeah. I got my there notes on my phone. Does that count? It counts. No, Absolutely. It count. No. How dare you? How dare you? How dare my? How dare you? That is not acceptable. Uh, there is going to be a lot of fun talking about this movie from 1985. So if you haven't seen the movie, shit, I don't. It might not even matter. I mean, you might just want to just come along for the ride. In this case, we don't always say this, but yeah, you know, I'll leave it up to the viewer and the listener on this one. Don't forget, Cinnamon iPod, five stars on all your standard platforms, preferably Apple Podcast Reviews, and the YouTube channel keeps growing. Thanks to Eric Branstrom. Continued growth on that. We're almost up to 200 subs, which is, by the way, people don't know, getting to 200 subs is not easy. I mean, unless you're in high school and, like, everyone's on YouTube <laughs> and we're just all growing. As an adult male man who's 42 years old and doesn't know much about life anymore, it gets pretty tough to get those subs. So we want to thank Eric for his hard work on that. But... Let's turn the show over to the podcasting after Dark Crew for a minute here. Uh, Corey, what 
is it about movies that you love? Because I never get the chance to ask you a question like this. I mean, you love film and you love movies and you love pop culture, but uh, what is it more than nostalgia or is there something more to it? Uh, they've always been such a huge part of my life growing up. Uh, it was how I connected with my dad when I was younger. Um, growing up in the 80s, I'm 44. I just turned 44 a couple weeks ago. Uh, growing up in the 80s, <laughs> it was a whole different time. Uh, my dad took me to see RoboCop in the theater, took me to see Aliens in the theater uh, when I was yes! like eight years old or something. It's just, it was an insane time. But um, like Eric mentioned, you know, I, I love movies and starting this podcast with Zach was a way to kind of you know as i got older i realized i just had less and less time to watch movies so it was kind of a way to to sort of force me to watch movies and, you know i use force in a good way um but also uh, since i moved away from from la and zach was still there uh is a way for us to sort of stay in touch and and keep in touch with everything and everything and i th think we're closer now than we probably were when we were sort of living there together and everything but uh i love you know. movies i love nostalgia you know i love older stuff i love newer stuff i just I love world building and Zach will tell you, you know, it's just, that's my favorite thing. I love it when, when, when a, somebody can create a world that I can dive into and uh, for everyone Sim out City? there. Sim, yeah. Yes. Very much like SimCity. Yes. <laughs> um, but for those of, uh, you know, just to sort of sum me up in, in a little sentence, uh, Star Wars is life, but aliens is my favorite movie of all time. And that's where I stand. All right. Huh? Yeah. Wow. That says a lot. Wow. That, you really hit us hard there at the end there. Yeah. It doesn't say a lot or do I, am I just like every other 44 year old nerd out there, you know, very popular movie, Mike. <laughs> I, no, what? I'm not. No, I'm down. I actually think that says a lot because there's all the star Wars fans out there first and foremost, but alien and aliens and the alien, at least the first three, right? I mean, yeah, Travis yeah. and Eric, this is your bread and butter. So, that's probably one of those movies is probably better than any of the Star Wars possibly. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm not going to make that argument. Possibly. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> Eric just left. So. Yeah, Eric just got up and left. <laughs> He's running over to punch you. <laughs> well, I mean, Ridley Scott is bloated as hell now. I mean, we're not we're talking Ridley Scott 40 years ago, not today. The bloated carcass that remains of you know the duel and actually the duel wasn't terrible, but oh, I anyways, that I digress. You did that yeah, yeah. Yeah, you look at the recent IMDb of Ridley Scott, it's it's not great. It's, it's paychecks, it paycheck after paycheck. Well, I think he's building, a, he's trying to hang on to a legacy of what he had to, and it's not quite hitting the way it used to hit back in the heyday that you were referring to, Corey. Yeah. Uh, back to yeah. Zach Shiver real quick. Uh, how would you answer the same question I just asked, Corey? Because here at the Department my of guns? Redundancy Department, Where's we ask the same things again and again. Zach Schiffer, Corey, <laughs> Travis Roy, Eric Bradstrom, Michael Govier, we're all here. Uh, if you're not going to ask for the annihilators. <laughs> I don't ask for much. I just ask for bullets. Lots of bullets. Um, you got yeah, it, Yeah, no, somewhat similar to Corey. I grew up, I'm a latchkey kid. I uh, grew up in front of the TV. So I, you know, movies were my babysitter. Uh, at times they were my like support parental figure. And, and so uh, the movies I wasn't supposed to watch. So when Corey pitched me the idea of, of doing a podcast and said, you know, initially it was like movies we weren't allowed to watch as kids. I thought, well, this is right up my alley. Cause I've seen way too many thanks to my brother, Eric, um, my other brother, Eric. And so, yeah, I mean, movies have always been a part of my life. Uh, I think my first real job was at a video store, and then I eventually moved on to Tower Records, and like it was a dream come true. I got to watch movies all day, and 
Uh, it was just glorious. So, you know, my my love of film tends to be a little more obscure than mainstream. Like my favorite movie of all time is uh, The Warriors, the 1979 Warriors. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, it runs the gamut from like exploitation movies to romantic comedies. It's all over the place. So, you know, and that's why Corey and I work so well together, because I'll bring in movies that he has never even heard of, like The Annihilators, or he'll you bring in movies that are a little bit more mainstream that I might've skewed away from because it was mainstream. And then I end up watching and I'm like, this is really way better than I expected. So yeah, movies are life. Uh, I'm so grateful in my mid forties that I can reappreciate that and reignite that love and that passion. And, you know, nostalgia, as I've said before, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. So, uh, you know, our fondness of certain things doesn't necessarily hold up. Oh my God, I love that scene and that one movie. And then you watch the whole movie and you're like, well, that scene was good, but the rest <laughs> of the movie wasn't that great. So, uh, you know, that's where my love goes. There's these compilation clips on YouTube uh, that this guy took a bunch of clips from the 80s movies uh, to a song by like The Midnight or something. It's really good. And you watch and you're like, oh my God, yeah, that movie's great. That movie's great. And then you watch it and you're like, it's not that great, but that scene is great. <laughs> yeah, and then on, on Podcasting After Dark, like Zach said, it's a good cross-section because uh, I'm a bit more of like the mainstream cult movies like Life Force and like Heavy Metal and stuff like that. And that was sort of like the inception in my head. But then Zach, I always say, gives the street cred with stuff like, you know, Scanners and, you know, Deadly Force and stuff like that and and his insane encyclopedic knowledge of of people and actors and stuff. So I do, it's, it's you know, it's a nice little cross-section. And yeah, most of the movies that Zach picks, I've usually never seen. I've probably heard of them, but I've never seen them. And it's it's a wild ride for me to, to watch these movies, especially like at this point, if I don't know anything about it, I'm not going to do any more research before my first viewing anyways. And yeah. then I always do two viewings. <laughs> One is my funsies viewing where I'm just high and, and drunk. And I'm like, I need to know how this movie feels, <laughs> you know, and I just let it wash over me. And then I watch it stone cold sober when I want to break it down or, you know, actually pay attention to it. But yeah, yeah I, I very much appreciate these past two and a half years of amazing movies that Zach specifically has introduced me to. Oh, thanks. Like Tough Turf. Like Tough Turf, <laughs> yes. Tough Turf. Oh. Yeah, we almost did Tough oh. Turf, but uh, we had, no, yeah, I, we appreciate I, you guys reversing course on that one. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, uh, Travis has got a uh, uh, sweet Fright Night shirt on, and you guys know we love the Fright Night. Uh, it holds a very special place in our heart. Billy I mean, Cole. Well, you man, know, movies, movies, movies are life, man. Like I said, movies are life. Whatever, whatever gets you going. doesn't matter whether it's mainstream or not. If Star Wars is your favorite movie, cool. If, uh, you know, uh, Leon, the professional is your favorite movie. Sweet. Like whatever gets you going. It's all well, good, man. Spoiler alert. That might be in your stack, my friend. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <Stop. laughs> yeah. So one of the things that Zach and I do on the show is, uh, we don't, we, so we flip flop, uh, when we break down the movies, um, I'll do one movie and then the next movie Zach will do. So last night we just recorded our deep rising, uh, breakdown and review nice. is about, oh. is about yes. three and a half hours long. Trick or treat <laughs> Williams. Yeah. So we, or as we, I like to call it derp rising. 
it's a fun one. And then uh, we announced it. We don't normally announce it, but um, we announced our next movie. Zach's going to be breaking down, and it's uh, Dead Heat. And the only reason yes. we know that that's the next one coming is because we kind of planned it because we pre-ordered it and everything. But usually what happens is uh, Zach has a stack of movies. I have a stack of movies from him. They're all wrapped individually. And then we just randomly choose what it is, and we don't know what it's going to be. So oh. Zach randomly chose out of like 10 movies, Deep Rising. So we're like, you know, the gods basically gave us the treat of Treat Williams, you know, for two weeks, you know, or two weeks back to back. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a fun thing, sort of not knowing what we're going to cover. It doesn't really give us an opportunity to sort of like plan too far in advance, although we do some stuff. But it's fun to watch, you know, to watch the person's reaction. Like, oh, we're going to watch this now. or Oh, we're going to do that now, you know, and and it's fun. It's a fun little thing. And then we both have like a, a library of all the movies that we've reviewed uh, and everything. So because, you know, physical media, it's it's streaming is, you know, is, is not well, the future. I was, <laughs> was going to say, like, <laughs> that's one of the things I love about you guys the show is like it's so eclectic and like yeah just to just to be able to see some of these like some of them are are fucking hard to find like um annihilators i've fucking watched on youtube and like for us like i i, I wanted to bring to live and die in la to the show and it's just oh. not available it's like it's not streaming not anywhere it's just oh, yeah. not out <laughs> so uh, we be. couldn't do it but but it's yeah, it's just uh, the kind of stuff you dig up is fucking awesome. Yeah, Thanks. I started listening to your guys' show um, like right when the when the pandemic hit. So it was really nice to um, periodically check in on these on these films, and I'm really looking forward to the, what you got coming. But yeah, it's 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 truly a, a movie lovers kind of podcast because if if every now and then you guys will do a, a movie I've never seen or, or never heard of, and it's like, well, now I just have something to watch and then I can listen to that later. Right. And, and, and also everyone should be aware. These guys are like part of an entire podcasting empire. Uh, <laughs> you can check out blast from our past and yeah. $2 late fee and Cartwright, the Seinfeld podcast as well. Is there any I'm missing? Uh, action, action, talking back, <laughs> um, throwback talking trivia, back. takedown and <laughs> people don't forget. Yeah. Just, it's just a, one or two. <laughs> just a couple, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, but I, I do appreciate the plug. Thank you so, so much for that. And all of these are active. Yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah, everybody's producing content on a full time basis. You know, and some people have multiple shows. Uh, I'd be the people that have one show <laughs> to do because Zach and I have multiple shows within our one show, and then we have two, you know, two separate shows on top of it. So on podcasting after dark, we have our main shows, which are just, I guess you just call them the reviews and they're the full breakdowns and everything. And guys and gals, we, we go scene by scene. So these episodes can be, well, our, what was De Zach? What was our uh, deadly force was probably about three and a half hours long. And the movie's only an hour and 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Know? So Corey wow. and I, when we break down these movies, we will write like word for word dialogues in certain scenes and uh, really get into it depending on how detailed it is. And yet uh, deadly force, which people may or may not know. Most people won't know. It's a movie that stars wings. Hauser. It was, it was supposed to be his dirty Harry. And if you don't know who <laughs> wings Hauser is, uh, you don't Wings know Hauser. cult movies, I suppose. So <laughs> look up wings Hauser first of all, then wings, look up deadly wings, force. wings, 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 wings. And, it, for those mainstream people, his son is Cole Hauser, who's on um, Yellowstone, I oh, think, right now. Yeah. And uh, sure. he was in Pitch Black. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, and Goodwill yeah. Hunting. Yeah. yeah. And um, and so we we get yeah we get really deep and we take extensive notes and and we really obviously like you guys we take this very seriously 
and you know want to make it a full-time career would be great ultimately um but i just want to say really quick eric you know uh to live and die in la will be coming out on blu-ray sometime soon oh yeah uh, i know Incredible. shout factory released it but then they do that whole deal where they they pull everything and then they release the new version so I th- i'm sure there's a 4k i want yeah out. i want uh, like oh, five hours of features i want bill friedkin talking for like 10 hours about how he had to murder people to get some shots well you know <laughs> it, it's funny you say that because um Currently, Corey and I on our Patreon are doing uh, something called, uh, um, well, it's called the Carpenter Factor. And we're breaking down every single, not breaking down, oh but my God. having a freeform discussion yeah. about every single John Carpenter movie from beginning to end. And we will from be there. eventually, hopefully, getting to William Friedkin down the road where we just, uh, our auteur de force is like the umbrella. Yeah. And 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 that's our kind of new signature show. And, and, and it's, you know, we do a deep dive on their filmography. So to live and die if we get to will we will get the freaking at some point but uh, yeah and i think to, I'm, i want to do to live and die in la as well that's been on my to-do list for the show uh as well eric follow um uh oh crap uh zach help me uh the the dawn of the discs on instagram yes. uh dawn of the discs he, they pretty much will tell you every single blu-ray that's coming out soon um so that's that's mm. like my number one source so shout out to dawn of the discs on instagram they are yeah. fantastic and i do remember recently within the last few months seeing a, an announcement i think for uh to live and die in la and i think that's what put it on my radar and i was like okay um but so so we have our main review show and then uh on the free feeds we also have our um a, a, a spinoff show called tv obscura where uh zach and i are joined by our our friend diallo and we talk about obscure tv shows from our our youth and we uh each tackle one um so gi joe the movie's not quite obscure but you know what it's our show and we wanted to talk about gi joe because we're all 80 kids so you know we throw that <laughs> who gives in a shit? there yeah, who gives yeah. a shit you know but um a lot of times we'll talk about really actually really obscure stuff and it'll always be about uh three shows per episode uh each one of us uh discussing one uh and then we have our interviews after dark uh on the free feed now they used to be patreon exclusive and uh we weren't really getting good traction uh, on patreon with them and we were really proud of those interviews and we thought they were really well done and we just weren't getting enough listens and we're just like you know what let's put them out on the free feed and what we did was we we took the same tier and just renamed that tier on patreon the auteur de force tier and that's where we started doing the the john carpenter show and the history behind that is Zach and I did a John Carpenter filmography walkthrough about six or seven years ago when we lived in both in Santa Monica and I was near him. And uh, it was one of my favorite like movie things I've ever done in my life. And it was so influential on me. Hmm. Uh, Zach is very influential on me. Oh, and uh, <laughs> a lot of, there's always there's a lot of love here. Um, and so we wanted to kind of take that and, and, you know, move forward with it because we stopped. We stopped at Prince of Darkness, uh, but here for for the Patreon one, we mapped it out. It's going to be two full years uh, with a, with a wrap up show in in December of 2023. It'll be two full years, and we started with uh, Dark Star, and we're going to end with 
The Ward, and we're going to cover <laughs> the two made-for-TV movies and Body Before Bags, time. which was uh, made for yeah. Showtime. So and yeah, Ghost man. of Mars, and <clears throat> we're going to cover <clears throat> Ghost of Mars, and we're go- we're going to cut co- we're going to recover. <laughs> The Thing and uh, Prince of Darkness, because we've actually done The Thing and Prince of Darkness as proper breakdown review episodes, but we're going to re-discuss them. And uh, The Thing is our number one most downloaded episode by by far. <laughs> so so on yeah. on TV Obscura, can I look forward to uh, an episode on Small Wonder? Because Vicky was my number one crush, uh, my first crush in 1986, I think. Hell so, yeah. So, yeah, probably. <laughs> and, and I have a weird story. So I also worked at a video store. Uh, and uh, the guy who owned the video store was was, uh, was friends <laughs> with Vicky. The, the, no, the that's not true. He, he he met her weirdly when he was in L.A. for one thing. Like he was like he was a kid. Oh. And then they just became pen pals and they wrote to each no other until the, until the 90s, essentially. Oh. Wow. Yeah, Insane. weird. Like, what are the chances of that? Like virtually tap her head in real life. That'd be <laughs> yeah, awesome. pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. See, so. look, ask you shall receive, Eric. You basically had six degrees of Kevin Bacon with small wonder. <laughs> there you go. Six, de- six degrees of Vicky. <laughs> we'll get her on the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, so yeah, so much information. This is fantastic. We're live with the podcasting after dark crew of least Zach and Corey today. Eric Brasham, Travis Roy, Michael Govier, Cinnamon Nine Pod, 100th anniversary show. Woo-hoo, yippee! Uh-huh. Woo-hoo. Clapping, watching. It's just pandemonium here. And then it ends. Uh, we do, as our listeners and viewers know, we pick a movie every week and we get six days, basically, to watch it. So we never have much more time, kind of like you guys. And we do like that. And Travis, I actually never thought about how we don't really have a lot of prep time. You're right. It's always fresh to us every week. We do try to do 52 shows a year, which we almost did last year. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of movies and not a lot of time. It's a lot of content, and that's and from one for from two content producers to another. That's that's impressive. Very very impressive. Thank you. Yeah, we, <laughs> most we, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this became mostly our social life in a lot of ways. Yeah. So this is our our check in. Like, oh, this is it's kind of like being around friends. So. Totally and how we meet you really friends, is, except there's no exactly. Mountain Dew. There's no Mountain Dew and there's no farts. So. Very little well, prep time. Is, but... in, in fact, oh, I, yeah. I teach third grade and I had to watch the Annihilators for the past three days on my lunch break while like kids are <laughs> popping in to say hi. I've got like, <laughs> die, motherfucker! And, like bitches die, like getting torn up. Die, mother. Insane. Die, mother. Yeah, die, mother. Like I'm like pausing it. <laughs> oh, oh, peanut butter and jelly. Insane. <laughs> I'm sorry for those first like 15 minutes of the movie when it, that's that scene with the uh, <clears throat> with the woman with the, the knife. And Good the... God. <laughs> All right. We'll save it. Hang on. All right. We'll <laughs> I got a parent teacher conference just from that scene coming up. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. I used to teach kindergarten and I'm like, if my former oh. students listen to some of the stuff I talk about, uh, you know. Well, it's all good. Yeah, my biggest fear is my students listening to my, my podcast. Are you guys all teachers? What's uh, um, what's up? He, Eric is. I am, and Mike was. Or okay, Mike was. right on. Yeah, I taught high school for five years, and now I'm out. Fuck everybody! I can say what I want all the time, anytime. Feels I good. Can totally see that. Read them. Yeah, it was a good ride. Right on. Uh, all right, so holy shit, we got a lot of work to do. So let's let's lock in. Everyone, focus in here. We got five people, one mm-hmm. show, five men, one destiny. And it's time for us to do what we like to call taking it back to the beginning. 
quarantine viewing picks. 100 episodes, 100 rounds of quarantine viewing picks. We're wow. going to start like we always do with Travis. This is the segment where we offer movies that we've been watching recently or that we would like to recommend to you. And when we have guests on, when we get to Corey and Zach here, you guys could take it in any direction, whether it's stuff you've watched recently that you'd like to recommend or not. Or since it's your one appearance on the show, you can go all time. Like, hey, these are some movies I'd really like you guys to check out. Okay? Cool. So, Travis, take it yes, away. Sir. All right. Um, you know, since I'd never seen The Annihilators, this is one of the rare weeks where I watched nothing but movies I'd never seen before. Um, starting with, you know, some, I've said this on the show, sometimes I just feel like watching a piece of shit and I'm like, well, what's a good piece of shit I could find? So the piece of shit I found this time was 2012's Battleship, um, which, you know, obviously was a piece Why? of shit. But somewhere in there, I swear, there's a good movie somewhere. The idea of like you know, most of the world is covered in water to have like an alien invasion movie that takes place on the water is actually kind of cool. And some of the aliens look kind of cool. But then, like, you know, they try and like work in the battleship shit. And you got like these giant pegs coming as wet as bombs and stuff. No way. Really? Hilarious. So I actually didn't mind it, but like, because I'm laughing at it and with it. So it was a good thing to kind of just have on without being emotionally invested in. So I, I didn't know it was a water world scenario in that movie. I mean, I didn't want to see it, but but <laughs> I weirdly want to see it a little bit more now. I kind of want to see it now too. <laughs> right? It really, it really weird? wasn't terrible, you guys. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, and I, I'm not going to sit here and call it good, but I mean, <laughs> aliens I on the water, it was kind of, you know, had its moments. Okay. It its moments. Okay. Old. Old. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd never, I, I was pushing off seeing, um, the new West side stories. I'd never seen the original. Then I finally, I was like, fuck it. You know, I'll, I'll watch it. It's a two and a half hour movie. I got just shy of two hours in and turned it off. Oof. No way. No way. Yeah, that's a hot take. Wow. Uh, people, people wow. love this movie. Uh, people love this movie. And I'm just like, it was all the things about musicals that annoy me. Yeah. Just, I was just like, I don't know. Have any of you guys seen it? I watched it a few days ago, and I, I I really appreciated it. But like, I why Bob yeah. Weiss's original won all the Oscars, yeah. and th there's no reason to remake it. It's completely irre irrelevant today. I was thinking that too until I saw a tweet from Alex Winter where he's made he addressed that and was like, you know, it's based on a play. Bill. Yeah, they want to know. <laughs> uh, he said it's like it's based on a play, and it's you know it's been revived multiple times as a play like as a musical it's made to be revived well that's a good point so i gave it the shot but man i just uh i just i was just like cringing through the whole thing and finally i'm just like you know what no one's got a gun to my head and i turned it off <laughs> i got i got another hot take for you i Shoot. haven't been a fan of spielberg as in as a whole in a long time i think he's overrated clap 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 i just he's think like his ship has sailed. We talked about Ridley Scott. I mean, it's just, you know, time to move on and give like new guys an opportunity to, to make some shitty, uh, good movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He may, you know, he may have kind of gone the way of Francis Ford Coppola. You only have so many in you. you yeah. Know? I mean, is that the destiny of all artists, you know, like, like, you know, bands, they change over time because they just, you, like you, you listen to like, you know, like a angsty bang when they're <laughs> band, when they're younger. And at some point you're just not going to be angsty anymore. And yeah. it's just, yeah. And Spielberg, yeah. It's, I mean, obviously we all love his stuff back in the day, but man, I haven't been excited about anything that he's produced. And I can't even tell you when the last thing I liked. And I mean, ready player one was just 
bad you know yeah if you don't reinvent yourself like speaking of music like david bowie stayed fresh because he would yeah. just reinvent himself oh yeah and, and i don't think example. i don't think a lot of these people are doing that <laughs> Yeah. Um, I did check in uh, on some on another musical to kind of be like, hey, I, I do kind of like musicals, right? So I watched 1972's Cabaret. And, you know, I don't know why Joel Gray got an Oscar for that and not Remo Williams. Uh, problematic depiction of a Korean man aside. Uh, <laughs> love me some Remo Williams. I, I, I got to say, out. Yeah, it's, it's that's great. a Zach movie right there. Remo <laughs> Williams is awesome. It's great. Uh, but Cabaret, you know what? It was pretty good. I really liked Cabaret. I could see, I I, I get the Liza Minnelli thing now. And uh, it was interesting to watch a movie starring Liza Minnelli and Basil Exposition and Chun. Mm. So that was fun. Um, I also checked in, speaking of Ridley Scott, I checked out Tony Scott's Man on Fire, which I'd never seen oh, before. Love that movie. Yeah. Have you watched it recently? Creasy bear. Creasy bear. <laughs> uh, you know, I was watching the movie and I'm like, man, I feel like I didn't notice how meth-fueled Tony Scott's style mm. kind of was. But you watch it now and like, it's just like the editing is insane i'm just like everything is a, it's sped up then it's slowed down then it's frozen and then just and then like you know the, the the eye is constantly being taken off the aperture so you see like these flashes of light i'm like i'm gonna have a fucking seizure i don't know man. <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah, say with true romance yeah. man true romance is kind of edited in that way too you but he, he got, did have that vibe once he did um enemy of the state he's just like oh people like this i will uh, just do that yeah. over and over again um, yeah. so i did like the story and i like the acting but man i'm like tony Check out the remake, by the way, with Scott, uh, the original with Scott Glenn. It's it's good. I think I should. I think I. I think Joe I, Pesci's I, in that too. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. I saw that on IMDb. I'll have to check yeah. that out. And and True Romance, my favorite Tarantino movie. No doubt. <laughs> For good reason. <laughs> Rest in power, Tony Scott. Tony Scott, very talented. Rest yeah. in power. But I get Rest your point, power. Travis. Rest in power. Last but not least, uh, I watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And I, oh. I had said before on the show that I I hope that Kristen Stewart gets the Oscar. I'm not gonna be mad. If Jessica Chastain gets it, this was she's really, awesome. Yeah, she's she's awesome. This was one of the best performances I've seen her do. I I I really like Michael Showalter. You know, I've been a fan since The State and Stella and all the stuff that he's done. And then I hated Lovebirds, but now he's got something that's got like Academy Award attention. So I'm excited to see what's going on with him. And Andrew Garfield, another great performance from him from the year 2021, the busiest year of this man's life. I hope. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I really really liked it. Nice. Yeah, that's a great movie. Mm. And okay, that's what well, I, I did. Wow. And that's what he watched. There it yeah. is. See how easy it is? I didn't know that was a uh I kept seeing the icon on HBO Max, thought it was a documentary. Right. And I'm like, eh, mm. I don't need a yeah. so, so there I is a documentary that. from 2002. Oh. And this is the fictionalized version um oh. of that documentary. And yeah. I I gotta tell you, man, like I have a I really like that we're kind of coming back around and looking at people like her. And like Richard Simmons and being like, man, we were shitty to these people in the 80s. These are actually some really genuine, kind, good hearted people. And, yep. and I like seeing like a reevaluation of them. That's a great point. Ditto. Okay. Yeah. Very respectable. Yeah. Here, here. Fun fact, uh, I was Richard Simmons day, for sir. Halloween one year. So I'll punch someone in the face if they shit on Richard Simmons. <laughs> Did you have a, uh, you have the perm there? You have the, no, I wore a big wig. On? And then yeah. my son who at the ah, time okay. was like two, uh, no, 18 months. I put him in a Richard Simmons wig. He was little Richard and I was big Richard. <laughs> I guess it's little, little dick rich. and big dick. I don't know. Clever. <laughs> it's sorry, it's dick. All right, Eric Branch, let's send it over to you. What have you been watching recently? 
So, okay, let's get this out of the way. I checked in with Scream 2021, and I was kind of excited because I like Ready or Not, so I like these filmmakers. So I was like, I was like you know, Wes Craven, Wes Craven, rest in peace. Let's see what these guys have to offer to this uh, franchise because I love Scream 4. Uh, I hated it, man. I hated it. <laughs> Did you guys see it? Like I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there the whole time. I'm like, this is a cash cow, money grab. This is completely pointless. Uh, it, it, it literally felt like a remake of Scream Four, which I thought was an underrated sequel. Um, Were there decent really kills in it, man? Decent kills. Uh, there, there was good kills, but like the, um, like there, there was the purpose of the film and like the narrative drive was just it was so redundant. Like if you're gonna like try to do like the, um the requel every 10 years say something other than hey now we have iphones or hey now i can lock the doors with my phone like <laughs> that's all they had and then they just brought the old you could tell they just dragged the old cast back by dangling paychecks under the noses mm. with nothing to offer them characteristically i'm sorry man I, i'm excited to hear what you think but i was let down and i had high hopes because i like this filmmaking team um, I mean, I like I like that we live in this day and age too, where you know, like with Ghostbusters Afterlife, where there's like a real time difference between the other movies and in real life. So I like how you know these these actors will come back and, and it will sort of be like a sequel slash a reboot slash a whatever. But yeah. I like that better than just doing a flat out reboot with other people. Yeah. But obviously, it's like Scream; it's hit or miss whether it's going to work or not. Right, and it it it's there's just so many mem member berries to eat out of a bowl, and the, bringing these <laughs> legacy characters back, Memba it's like, <laughs> come on, we all know what's going to happen when you bring a legacy character back. There's no surprise. Yeah. So yeah, there's it, it just left a lot to be desired, man. Um, so Lucy and Desi, man, it's the same thing with Jim Baker and Tammy Faye. Like you got a documentary and then the movie, and they're doing it with Lucy, and and I just. I watched the entire I Love Lucy series after watching Being the Ricardos, and I was all about it. So I checked out Amy Poehler's documentary, Lucy and Desi, and it was fucking fantastic. Just when I was Ooh. like, oh, I'm kind of over it. Let's move on. Like, I get it. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's really well done, man. Awesome. It's 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 just it's really lovely. And it's and it, 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 it touches on the, the hard edges of the two, but it does so really delicately and respectfully. Uh, and it's just a really smooth, smooth, uh, smooth. that I, that I enjoyed. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not just a bunch of talking heads. It's just incredible footage, insight I had like never this. heard. <laughs> yeah, like us, like us. Um, okay, so just a couple more, real quick. Thank, thank you, thank you. No Chinese star drop. Um, any day now this is a movie from 2012 starring alan cumming and garrett dillahunt i never heard of it pops up on amazon prime and i hit play Love immediately because uh, of this cast it was fucking fantastic a tough watch a really tough watch because we got a uh you know a, a drag queen and a lawyer couple and they they tr they they take in a young man with Down syndrome as their ward because he, he his mother has is uh, abusing drugs and cannot take care of himself, and it's just such a beautifully told character story about um, just helping people and seeing the needs in others that you may have in yourself. It was fucking uh, sublime, man. It's a tough watch. It was a tough watch. So strap in. But it was just so gorgeously acted by the great Alan Cumming. 
Uh, really highly recommend Any Day Now from 2012. I'll watch um, anything with Dillahunt, man. I think that's one of the most underrated yeah, actors I can think and of. And he was fucking fantastic. Now, this one's for you two down there. Um, scrolling through your library, I'm like, Life Force? Toby Hooper? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking Henry Mancini? What the fuck is this? I had never even heard of this movie. Uh, Don't watch it at school. (laughs) No, I did not watch it at school. Um, Uh, If you you don't know who Matilda May is. uh, Oh, my God. Just Google Matilda May Life Force, and that's kind of Trust me, I have. And Mm -hmm. I needed to delete my search history immediately after Googling her. Yep. Um, yeah, that was one of the movies that wow. I actually had in my head uh, uh, that we were going to tackle on the on the show. Like when I when I came Ooh. up with podcast after dark, I was like, we got to do Life Force because as a kid, that movie blew my mind. Dude, <laughs> I fucking loved it, man. The, yeah. the the practical effects were off the charts. Um, Dan O'Bannon screenplay, yeah. who would have thought? Uh, yeah. It's totally to- it totally is solid, man. From the mm-hmm. Space Vampires novel, really fun eighties movie with great effects and just it's just fun. And interesting. Yeah. Uh, really and Matilda May. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. She's uh, a national I, treasure. A lot of sleepless nights these past few days. Um, <laughs> she's French. A French actress. She, she's okay, a, cool. a French national yeah, treasure, French, I should say. Wow. So, Mike, this, you, might, uh, this might bleed into your segment, but licorice pizza. It happened. Here we go. I, I, I loved it, man. I, cool. I fucking loved it. Um it's so bizarre. I'm not going to give anything away, but it's so hard to pin down. Like, what? what is this? Like, it's yeah, it's a hangout movie. It's a coming-of-age story. It's a comedy. It's, it's dramatic. But most of all, it's just a beautiful movie about uh, vitality, I think. Uh, it, it, it's incredible, man. P.T. Anderson, I love Phantom Thread, but he, he remains the master. No pun intended. I fucking love them, film. <laughs> Boogie Nights is his tour de force, so I'm looking is, forward to watching this one. Zach, is Boogie Nights oh, your second yeah. favorite movie officially? Yeah, or... Boogie Nights is my official second of fav- favorite movie of all of time. Of all time? Yeah. Holy Great shit, movie. Zach. It was the I mean, only Zach, movie. Zach, we are kindred spirits here immediately. Uh, <laughs> yes. I just did my uh, I just did my face, and I do another podcast. I do a lot of podcasts, too. I just did my colonel face when Eddie shows him his dick about an hour ago. I'm not even kidding on my other podcast because I was like so confused by something, but fascinated. And I was doing something like this. May I see it, Eddie? Thanks, well, uh, my mind was blown you, when we did uh, when we t- covered Thundar the Barbarian on TV Obscura. The colonel is the voice of Thundar. Oh, he's in a ton of oh. cartoons. Yeah, he's the voice of I, a bunch of I had no idea he was a cartoon guy back in the day. So yeah. yeah. I, I had I my, my son either. was saying freaky deaky when he was like three years old. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me want a freaky deaky. Oh my God. So, so that kind of leads into this point, Zach, that yes, licorice pizza has been a running gag here for about three months now, two yeah. months at least okay. since it came out. I really wanted to go see it in the theater and I never made my fat ass get over there. And I wanted to because I love PTA. Just like Eric said, yeah. I don't love some of the recent efforts here. It, he finally threw me off the scent with Inherent Vice Ugh. and even Phantom Thread a little Love bit. But I was born and raised. Boogie Nights is like my all-time favorite film. It like yeah. always will be. It's so awesome. quotable and it's so interesting and it makes yeah. you cry and it makes you laugh. Yeah. And everything. It's got everything. everything. Yeah, I mean, and the think that's like his first major movie. And yeah, now after Heart Eight, yeah. Yeah. After Heart Eight was I love Heart Eight too. Love but then yeah. Magnolia yeah. was incredible. All this stuff. Yeah. And now here we are. And maybe it's like, how do you top that? How do you yeah. get past? How do you? It's not about topping either. And I know comparison. 
I mean, we're all about comparing shit. That's what we do on these shows, too. We are comparing stuff. We're not going to lie about it. We don't want to take away the joy that comparison can sometimes sap out of things. But let's be frank. When you look at something like Boogie Nights and then you see Licorice Pizza, I just think Boogie Nights is a vastly superior film to Licorice Mm. Pizza. And I know he's going in different directions. Licorice Pizza has moments, but there are times, Eric, where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, like, And he's like trying to fuck with me intentionally while I'm watching a scene. Like he's triple winking at you uh-huh. in a way while something's going down. Or it, it's, it's a fascinating discussion here. Like we can have a whole show easily breaking down what's going on with licorice pizza here and sean penn shows up in a cameo and is is that i thought first yeah there's all these things that he's almost i see a lot of parallels with what tarantino did with his movie a couple years ago in the love letter to the late 60s with yeah. uh once upon a time, once upon in, time hollywood. in hollywood yeah. yeah thank you once in this movie is certainly like a sibling of that film it's mm-hmm. early 70s and pta's and that's what boogie nice was too because pta ran around the valley back in the day and he was connected in some ways to the porn world so yeah. it wasn't just you know you know i'm sure you know a lot about that too zach so is licorice pizza a good world? movie <laughs> yeah uh, yeah zach you clearly know a lot about the porn world yeah you know that's yeah. how Corey and i met yeah. <laughs> you talked about Dawn. Yeah, you talked about Dawn of the Disc, but really, I thought you talked about Dawn of the Dick, the porno earlier when you brought that up. But what I'm thinking you know of, I knew it. I fucking knew you. I, well, I've not. I haven't seen your face so much as your dick, but that's weird too. Anyways, uh, all I need to see. Let's, <laughs> so, good movie, bad movie. I don't know. Uh, I'll leave you guys to figure that out in your own time. It's just. Fascinating. Curious. It's on my to-do list. I have the screener, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid is... I didn't know that was him originally either. That was news to me recently. And then the the lady from Heim, the band Heim, which I love. I love that band. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good band. That's who she is? Yep. Yeah, that's her. That's all. I didn't... Okay. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that was... I've I've listened to the music. I didn't really know what they looked like. And then the drummer for Heim is the grand... uh, Or is the daughter... Of one of the main dudes from Three Dog Night. So, fun oh, fact. Man, you, this is some good information you got there. Fun like fact, style, I thought yeah. their name, they were called Haim. So did I, but it's pronounced Haim. Oh, okay. Hi, okay. Not Haim. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I was calling him Haim for the longest, because I'm like Corey Haim, right? But, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But, uh, Haim. I'm Jewish. I'm getting hungry for some challah. Uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, a movie that surprised me beyond that, I, I caught up on some other films. I'll just leave it on this one. I didn't think it would be good, but I do love football. I'm not going to lie. I'm a sports guy, too. I'm definitely a sports dude. And I watched American Underdog, which is the Kurt Warner story starring Zachary Zachary Levi plays Kurt Warner. And you think you know the story, which we do. Kurt Warner was a guy who came from nothing and, and became a we Super do. Bowl MVP. It's one of, it is truly, <laughs> you don't need a movie because the story itself is a guy who comes from nowhere, wins the yeah. Super Bowl right out of the gate in 99 and is the MVP of the league. When he truly was working at a grocery store a few years ago, that's it speaks for itself. But the details and the personal challenges that they were going through and some of the assumptions I made about them. Now, of course, it's their story. They're going to tell it how they want. But I thought they did a really, really good job of trying to be not egotistical about their own experience and trying to be, hey, we fucked up. We made a lot of mistakes and we had these challenges and it actually moved me. Even not football related. All the stuff outside of football is what made this movie good. <laughs> yeah, that's usually enough. what you fast forward through, Mike. All the family I, shit. I, I, yeah. No, 
yo, no, no, no. Come on. You know I love Silver Linings Playbook because of all the shit they go through in that movie, too. That's like it's a powerful breakdown of mental health and the challenges and things we don't see before. So anyways, I was surprised by American Underdog. And I guess I'd say give it a shot. If if you don't don't like football, it's not about football. Okay, uh, who wants to go first? Uh, We're going to move over to Zach or Corey. Who wants to go first? (laughs) Do it, Zach. Do it. Okay, okay. I'll I'll, I'll make mine short and sweet. Uh, So I, like I said earlier in the podcast, I run another podcast called $2 Late Feet, which is 80s nostalgia, early 90s. And we cover a movie, a song from the movie, and then we act interview someone related to it or connected to it. Um, So I just, this it's March. Right. And we're doing a whole theme of martial arts madness. So we're interviewing martial art actors like uh, performers like Don the Dragon Wilson, Jeff Speakman. Uh, and then we just <laughs> interviewed, had a guy on the show named Derek Wayne Johnson, who doc- directed a documentary called uh, The King of the Underdogs. It's a John G. Adelton story. If you don't know who oh. John G. Adelton is, he directed karate, all the Karate Kid movies and the oh. first Rocky movie, just to name those two off the top and um we broke down our top five favorite moments from all the karate kid movies uh the trilogy so i watched all three karate kid movies in the past week um also you, you uh, zach you found five good moments in part three well so it's five moments from all total okay uh, right okay so believe it or not i actually did find one moment from part three <clears throat> wow and in fact you'll just have to listen to the rest of the episode to find out if there's any other nuggets uh Teaser. You know, <laughs> spoiler it is not the dance scene in the club scene in uh, karate kid 3 but that is a pretty sweet scene um yeah we uh, watched all of those the documentary as well which is really good uh watched a bunch of don the dragon wilson movies this week so for example quentin tarantino considers blood fist one and two um works of art <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, uh, but they're entertaining. And Don the Dragon Wilson's story is entertaining, like who he is and how he got his start and and why he never really, you know, uh, it got to that uh, echelon of like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and, and Norris uh, and Seagal and JCVD. So watched Blood Fist is, is fun to watch. Ring of Fire is fun to watch. They're cheesy. Um, and then because I have a son, I obviously can't I, I can watch the Karate Kid movies with him, but I couldn't watch the Blood Fist movie with him. Um, we watched a movie from I think it's 2014 called Earth to Echo. If you guys haven't seen that, it's a fun kids movie. It's basically like an E.T. type film. Three kids uh, find a get a signal on their phones. They follow it out in the middle of nowhere and find this weird uh, alien robot in the middle of the desert. It and, and from that point on, they help this alien uh, basically find pieces to something. They don't know what it is till the very end. And it's all found footage. Um, a lot of it's improvised. And these kids are really, really good actors for being their first time. Um, I think it's really underrated, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's a great, fun family movie. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, a shit ton of TV. Like watching... Um, <laughs> talking about Ridley Scott talking about uh, we were watching um, the wolves raised by wolves right now, which if, if you've never seen it, it's a trip. It's fun. Uh, it's there's moments that you laugh out loud that I don't think you intend to laugh out loud, but you do anyways. Cause it's so bizarre. 
uh and then finished peacemaker thanks to Corey. he's like nice. you got to watch peacemaker and, and i watched peacemaker and i loved it one of the best John shows cena, i've ever seen hands John down cena, i'm with you uh, Jim wow. Varney on steroids is phenomenal. I love Jim Varney <laughs> on steroids. And, and I mean, I he he was death, so good. I love he, it. He's, I mean, and I don't, I don't dislike The Rock, but man, it, Peacemaker just he brought a whole level mm -hmm. of humanity to that show. I think John Cena has a has a fantastic career ahead of him. Um, I like I you know, Suicide Squad and everything, uh, and I, I know you guys are, are Fina, Cena fans too. Um, but Peacemaker whoa, whoa, did it. For uh, he's a Cena. Travis loves Cena here. Let's make that clear. I'm a Cena file. Mike, are you a Jim Varney fan? <laughs> oh, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> Ernest goes to camp. So, Eggs erroneous. Legendary. Jim Varney on steroids. There you go. <laughs> okay, that, that's it. I've you putting it that way is just another reason for me to see it because Travis has already been saying how incredible it is, and I'm not against seeing it at all. I just hadn't gotten around to it, so I'll. I'll put it on the list for sure. Hey, you got to see it for the best intro uh, ever. It's got the best opening theme that's ever been made, and I never skip it ever. Same. These are fucking massive, massive bullets you're throwing out here. These You can't just, I mean, you guys know pop culture, and you know film and TV, and that, that's a huge thing to say. I mean, I've been watching a shitload of Curb Your Enthusiasm recently. That's yeah. like, that's classic. That's a classic legendary opening theme. So that's pretty hardcore, Corey. Okay, all right. It, it is something else, dude. He's not. It lying. is. It's it is. the choreography is phenomenal. Yeah, and in in the fact that John Cena can play, I think that's him playing, um, uh, "Home Sweet Home" on the piano by Motley Crue. It was. Uh, yeah. That's ah! him. Like that. Get, already gets what? bonus points. Yeah. Oh my god. And, okay. And, all right. I'm in. I'm in. And, and, and honestly, it, I'll just throw out one more thing. The the scene, the best use of House of Pain, the song by uh, Faster Pussycat. That scene, one of the best like scenes of TV I've ever seen in my entire life. So much emotion. Shit. Yeah. yeah it, this, that show is as fun as fun as it is, and as over the top as it is. It's also one of the most human portrayals yes. that I've of, of any superhero I've ever seen in my entire life. Agreed. I do think you need to watch Suicide Squad first to fully appreciate it. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I've seen it. Yeah. All right. There it is. Wow. Okay. Then finally, Corey, give it to us. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I, I don't watch as much as many movies uh, usually in my off time. So I play a lot of games. I'll, I'll smoke and just zone out. And I've been playing a lot of uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite, which is you're just like a colonial Marine, you know, doing doing, you know, killing Xenomorph, stuff like that. But, um, uh, you know, two, two like things, that, you, know. you know, the usual Typical thing. Typical day. Yeah. Uh, some, I'll do some rapid fire uh, things that I recommend. My wife and I are watching uh, The Silent Sea right now. It's got the uh, some people from Train to Busan in it. Uh, it's a Korean uh, production, and it's fantastic. Uh, we also watched uh, We Are All Dead, which is a, another Korean uh, zombie show on Netflix. was really good. Um, so where you go through those, we did, you know, the Boba Fett show, all that kind of stuff. We do all the Disney Plus shows. Um, but right now, my favorite two things that we're doing, my favorite is uh, uh, my wife and I are just Whenever we watch a movie, we're just watching 80s stuff that neither of us have ever seen. And we were just and I I'll, I'll put an asterisk to that and say I will introduce her to stuff that I have seen. So I showed her uh, Romancing the Stone. She'd never seen that and she loved it. Uh, we But then there was stuff that like neither of us. Hey, Carrie, hey, sounds. Uh, hey, thank you. Thank you, Josh. Um, <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, it distracted me, of course. Clearly, I, now I've lost <laughs> oh, my I do that to them. Uh, yeah, they hate it when I do this. They hate this. Yes, this is their number one pet peeve. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's nice Sorry. Of Josh. <laughs> this is all new to me. We're, we're fully audio on this our show. Cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, 
But uh, so my wife and I are going and diving into a bunch of 80s stuff we've never seen before. Um, like, yeah, I never saw some kind of wonderful. Um, I'd never seen uh, all the right moves, stuff like that. Uh, but my yes! favorite, my favorite was uh, Skin Deep with John Ritter, uh, 1988. <laughs> that movie. I and I grew up. I, I was a I was a you know Three's Company's fan growing up. I love Three's Company, but I never got into John Ritter movies. And Skin Deep was absolutely yes. amazing. Yeah. Pretty kind of misogynistic. It's kind of a guys movie from you know the eighties, but very, it's yeah. so very, but it's so <laughs> good. Blake Edwards. Yes, yes, yes. It really? is. Really? No. Ten? Yeah. No. <laughs> So yeah, that was fun. And then uh, we we uh, our, our six and a half year old nephew, he's almost seven. Uh, we watch him once a month, and we introduce him to stuff. Uh, we showed him the OG Star Wars trilogy. Uh, he watched all all three of those. Uh, so we did like you know one a month essentially. And we took a break from that, and I introduced him to the original 1982 Tron. Yeah. And uh, he he hadn't seen that, so we popped that in. And let me tell you. Like as a for a movie that's literally 40 years old and with with 40 year old CGI, that very first time you see the light cycles, it's not when when Finn and all of them are doing it, but it's at the beginning when Sark is fighting somebody in the light cycle. But the the moment, the second you see the light cycle, my six year old nephew goes, oh, and I was like and I looked at my wife, I was like, <laughs> we got him. We got him. And his eyes were glued to that uh, the entire time. And then I found out uh, uh, my sister-in-law texted me a video like four days later, and he's watching it at their house on Disney Plus, And she's like, he's been watching it every single day. And I'm awesome. like, yes. That's awesome. So we're going to show him uh, Tron Legacy next. And then um, we're going to go back to Star Wars and do uh, probably the prequels and, and see how he digs on those. So it's I don't have a kid, uh, so it's really fun to sort of introduce my nephew to, to all these movies. Yeah, well, as long as he learns the uh, tale of Darth Plagueis, the why, <laughs> the why, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I get then I get to look at him, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Very, very slow. Well done. That's a great McDarmid effort there. Oh, congratulations to us on 100 episodes from our dear friend Stephen Floyd Laskowski. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. At least somebody cares out there. We know you do. You're a sweet man. All right, we did it. We made it through that segment. We're on our way here. That means we can finally get our asses on over to talking about the main event, the now, signature segment. Oh, okay. I was, I was just going to throw out, before we jump into Annihilators, I wanted to say, uh, give a shout out. You guys have a Luke, and we have a Luke friend uh, uh, from the group. So I wanted to give a shout out to your Luke, and then give a shout out to my Luke. So every, every podcast should have a Luke. Every podcast should have a Luke. What a, what a great point. Out the, we'll always bond over that. Not every That's podcast right. can say that. Exactly. <laughs> Our Luke loves to rant, and he loves talking about social class and politics. <laughs> but he's not a class essentialist. No, 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 Somewhere. definitely not one of those. So, yeah, uh, he's a unique for Fetishism. sure. We love you, Luke. Uh, all right, so thank you to Corey and Zach for giving us the quarantine viewing recommendations. It's time for our main event, Does It Hold Up, our signature segment. Does it hold up? Now, this is a unique version of this film. Or this segment, I guess. This film is unique. There's it's a right, Blu-ray? <laughs> yeah. Blu-ray. Oh, there it is. Kino. Yeah, look at that. Corey's holding up the Blu-ray right now. You're missing out. If you're not on the YouTube version, you're missing on this 
gorgeous cover, which is badass, by the way. I love the artwork on this cover. It's yeah. right behind me as well. So. Zach, yeah, Zach and I had a discussion uh, on one of our episodes about, um, I'm going to lump this in. I know it's not post-apocalyptic, but we loved all those old posters back in the 80s, and especially all the post-apocalyptic ones like the Eliminators and uh, the one with the person on the motorcycle that's in the Rotor and all those. They had such great posters. This one, again, is not post-apocalyptic, although the cover kind of <laughs> sort of makes it look like it sort of is. But this poster, ever since I was a kid, Dude. I loved this one, and I love the Eliminators both. I have to give a shout-out to Sam P. on Rotten Tomatoes, who says... You know, I wanted to watch this movie because the dude on the cover has a face mask on and is carrying a crossbow. This doesn't happen in the movie, but at least it's entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, yep. my my probably my only beef with the film is that I was waiting the entire time for that sweet mask to show up. And even when uh, Woody had had like a bag, I was like, it's in the bag. The, the mask no, is in the bag. No, it's not. Nah, just gone. It was, was it was just booze. It was just yeah. booze. Yeah, what a bunch of bullshit. That's not cool. But anyways, hey, it's time to do The Annihilators, a 1985 film which was directed by the legend himself, Charles E. Sellier Jr. I'm going to call him Sellier. I don't never heard it pronounced that way, but I'm giving him the credit on that. If you're Govier, he must be Sellier. Yeah, why not, right? Charles E. Sellier Jr. And uh, boy, nobody... Okay, there's one person at least... I would assume, Zach, you saw this movie when you were a kid, true or false? I did. Yeah, I did. Tell us a story. Take us back in time. So uh, growing up, I grew up in, I was born in Michigan outside of Detroit, and Ooh. there was a show, a channel on oh, there. Oh, we're at. We're all from Michigan. We're yeah. oh, I'm, right I'm in Hazel Park right now. Oh, okay. Right <laughs> did you know we're Michiganders? Oh, yeah. yeah. I live in Livonia. Eric yeah. is from here. He lives in Indiana right now, here. and then Travis is right next to you where you used to be. We're from yeah. right about Dude, there. Dude, that is awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Love it. Yeah, I grew up. Then you guys may know that uh, there was like Creature Feature Saturday. Uh, I think it was called Thriller TV. Uh, on TV Daryl 20. WXON TV 20. The yes! double chiller thriller. Yes! It had yes, the Led Zeppelin. Yes. Need a whole lot of So we know yeah, it, man. The whole point of our show, the intro to our show, was inspired by that that's intro. It. I wanted to do that. Yeah, that's it. WXON TV twenty Detroit. Yeah, so the Annihilators was on there one night, one day. I'm sure. I remember watching it then when I was like seven, six or seven years old during the day, and. Didn't remember a whole lot. Remembered certain actors from it. And then watching it again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know him. I know him. I know him. I know him. Just going down the list, the laundry list. But that's where I was introduced. Man, we are all separated. Maybe we were all related in some way. <laughs> yeah. So, wait, you, so you saw it when you were a kid and didn't watch it again until the other day or recently? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I can only imagine how fucking awesome this would be to a six-year-old oh like, hell I yeah would have been <laughs> blown in so, this. i think there was only one scene that was uh cut or edited and it was that nude scene you know yeah, uh but good. outside of that everything was pretty much by the numbers i would assume it would be yeah if you terrible synth score so Oh, wow. That's harsh. Oh, uh, Corey, I assume you never saw this movie prior, Corey. This is a new experience for you. Yes, this is a new experience. I, I always saw the poster back in the day. Uh, and I, I I remember I would look at him like, this looks awesome. And I turn it over and I'm like, 
no, I know it's not going to be anything like the poster. <laughs> and I just put it even like at eight years old, I was like, nah, it's not going to work for me. And, uh, and I'm glad that I, I watched it now because I, I don't think I would have appreciated it when I was younger. Um, but I've had an absolute blast watching it uh, pretty much just two hours ago. <laughs> Absolute blast. Okay. Yeah, uh, you, well, I mean, that's your opinion. Uh, there's certainly. So what we usually do here is we try to guess the IMDb score. So if you didn't look, we I try not it. to spoil ours. You did saw. Okay. Yeah. I did I not look. I either. did not look. Let's go ahead. Get them out, guys. Get your opinions out. I'm going to say this is a uh, 4.2. I'm going to give it that credit. Yeah. I, I was, I was going to throw out 5.1. Okay. Wow. I'll say 3.7. <laughs> mm. I'll okay. say 4.7. Uh, it is exactly 5.0. Wow. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Makes the fives. Uh, good. Okay. Makes it to the fives. All right. <laughs> oh, heavy shit. That's hey, surprising. In, in our book, on Pad's book, that's a 10. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that that is exciting. Okay, so you guys are our guests. Yes, it's our 100th episode, but you guys are our guests. So... Zach, where do you want to go with this? Where do you want to start? Where do you want to take us off into this film here? What is it that you want to dive into first? Is it the, the music? Is it the settings that is clearly not Vietnam at all, except it's someone's woods Georgia. in their backyard? backyard. Yeah, it's Georgia. 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 Yeah. It's backyard. <laughs> I, think, I think I want to go with the cast. Um, you know, the, the, not according to what IMDb lists, but according to kind of like the main guys in, in the background of some of these dudes. Because for today's audience, they may not even know anything about some of them. But for people who grew up in the 80s or the late 70s, some of these guys are a big deal. Um, first and foremost, the, the lead actor, Bill, played by Christopher Stone, uh, he was in Cujo. And oh. I know Corey knows him as being married to D Wallace. D Wallace. And I know, I know him from the howling, uh, which yes. is my favorite yep. werewolf movie. Yeah. yeah. He's in the howling, but he's also in Cujo as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and great kind of like, I call him a poor man's, um, Oh gosh, what do I say? I, I Chuck wrote Boris. Cluck Boris is what I well, put in my notes. Cluck I, Boris. I, I said I said if Robert Ginty and Tom Atkins had a baby. Uh, Tom Atkins, yeah. Yeah. Tom Atkins. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so and then Garrett Graham plays yes. Ray Track. Garrett Graham, if you don't know who Garrett Graham is, obviously we know him on Podcasting After Dark from Terror Vision. Yeah. The Jacuz, the Coos. <laughs> um, but he was in a great movie called The Phantom of the Paradise, which yes. is directed by Brian De Palma. Maybe one of the best musicals of all the times. One of the best. Beef. Incredible. And then uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs plays Garrett Floyd. Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, uh, I know and love him from as being Freddie Boom Boom Washington on Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, Hi there. yeah. Sure. And yeah. then I, I'm not really going to talk about uh, Woody because he hasn't been in a whole lot, but the main villain, Paul Coslow. Roy Boy Jagger. Roy Boy. <laughs> Ro Robot Jocks. Robot, Robot Jocks. And Heaven's Gate. Robot Jocks. Oh, Heaven's Gate. We point, just lost him a couple years ago, by the way. He just yeah, passed in 2019. So. He, yeah. he was a Canadian actor. So, oh. fun fact. And, uh, you know, not that that's fun. It's just a fact, I guess. My girlfriend's Canadian. That's fun. I'll take <laughs> oh, it. Oh, there you go. That's a, We're all that's having a... fun with Canada. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, those guys alone is what makes it entertaining for me. Uh, th th this film is, is very much low budge, but it's an exploitation film. And that's why it's in my wheelhouse. That's why I love it. Uh, it's a vigilante exploitation film, kind of 
like what would happen if a made for TV movie got an unrated version is what it would be. I think back <laughs> in the day, because it has mm. elements of like a made for TV kind of scale to it. Or if they uh, turned the A team into a into a movie and yeah. renamed it, you know, basically, yeah. Vibes. Like it's yeah, A team meets much. street trash productions value. Yeah, totally. Yeah, A yeah. team meets think, Seven uh, Samurai meets Streets of Rage on Sega Genesis. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it really felt like a video game to me. It really feels like a side scroller for much yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, the Predator stole a lot from this film, actually. So, oh, oh okay, saying. okay. Good call, good call. Okay, that's uh, that's that's a hot take. I can appreciate that. <laughs> I will say, no one, everyone, no one can shoot in this movie. You've got yeah. these guys who allegedly are badass soldiers, and no one can shoot, which is really funny. But they can all sweat their asses off, though, because it must have been right in the middle of the summer when they were filming in In Hotlanta, because one scene, like I think at the end, like all the actors, like you could tell they someone just dried their faces off and put makeup on. (laughs) But then you can see they were just covered in sweat from like the neck down, like everybody. I was just like, oh, God, I smell so bad on that set. That was the testosterone (laughs) pouring out of their pores, Corey. (laughs) around, driving around. Filming a movie through blight and cocaine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you have blight. Yeah, and a of lot blight. of. Make sure you get these, you know, the Atlanta Braves hat from the eighties and mm-hmm. some Atlanta oh. pieces here and there. Oh, we're in Atlanta still. Just remind you that we're in Atlanta. Yeah. DeKalb County coroner. They really included a lot of the locals in there. In fact, I saw that one cop who, when the detective first comes into the restaurant to like give shit to those guys, one of the the local do gooder bozo cops with the probably from the sheriff's level there. He was definitely in some other movies and I couldn't pinpoint him, but I'm like, oh my God, it's that guy. I know that fucking guy for sure. Watch, we'll probably end up interviewing him on podcasting. Hey, I listened to the one you did with D. I loved that. That was great. That was, she was was great. She's so sweet. Yeah, she was. She was cool. And like, I had a little crush on her as a kid too, but either way, she's just a good human being regardless. And she was very open about that. That's something you can find on podcasting after dark. I had a crush on Catherine Mary Stewart, so I'm really look, looking forward to it. <laughs> She's great. I haven't listened to no Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will tell, I will tell you, this is what I want to do all night, too. <laughs> knock, is that knock, Morse code? Knock. <laughs> for so, get me out of this shit? Uh, no, I, I, I'm like, a little unclear about the code. Is it like... Tap if you need help or tap if you're willing to put a meat cleaver in someone's back. <laughs> if you're willing to yeah. kill. Kill for the streets. The streets you, rage. Will you kill with a pencil or not? Tap three yeah. times. That I, was I think, wild. <laughs> I think what I love I, what I love about this movie personally is is it, it starts out in one direction. You think, okay, it's going to be kind of a, a weak, not very intense film. Like the action is not, it's not very gory or violent. Then flash forward a couple of years later when the, one of the main characters is out of Vietnam and it is hardcore, brutal exploitation 70 style. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. It include, you know, a woman is practically, well, gets knifed and almost raped. And then another guy gets his head caved in with a meat uh, tenderizer. So like <laughs> very quietly, by the and way, which, he, he gets his that fingers was... snipped off and doesn't <laughs> yeah. make a sound. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't make a, a bit sound. perturbed. That's it. 
Just yeah. Well, he, he <laughs> took that finger uh, getting cut off like a champ, though. Oh, but, Joey's but, badass. Yeah, Joey was a little bit of a badass. I'm not going to lie. But then, you know, getting his head caved in, uh, them not showing the hits, I thought was actually really effective because your brain just, you know, fills in the blanks, you know, from the, what the meat, meat wallet was just doing to his head. So, yeah. <laughs> Would you call it a meat yeah, wallet? Meat wa I called it a meat wallet. I don't know what that means. He did call it a meat wallet. Yeah. I think yeah, a that, meat wallet is a whole <laughs> different thing for a <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, you just. <laughs> You're in dangerous territory there. over there. Thanks actually. for not letting me just Especially go Especially when you're talking it, about but... that scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they don't call me Sleazy C for nothing. So, uh, you know. <laughs> hey, that actually did surprise me. When that scene took place, up to that point in the film, I was like, okay, this is pretty ho-hum. It's low budge. Yeah. Who cares? And, and they really did. Sh I did not expect the clothes to be ripped off and then the no. very up close breast shot and then the stabbing which really took me i was like wow this is definitely not a movie for our time anymore <laughs> it's like holy shit balls it's um, not it's not and i will say this too when they when the when the woman gets her blouse ripped open i'm like oh that's the body double's body because it doesn't match the face but then, then you realize it is the actual <laughs> woman and i'm like oh i did not did not see that that was, was literally oh. that was literally my exact same train of thought when I was yeah. watching it, and I had the exact same. Oh, oh, okay, okay, all right, <laughs> okay then, okay then. Okay. I gotta yeah. say, my my uh, train of thought during that scene was, uh, guys, go back to the art room, get out of here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how, like, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're a gang of like 40 year old men, you know, yeah. I just like, and, and now, now that <laughs> I'm in my forties, I'm like, that's the gang. Doing that. <laughs> Middle-aged gangbangers. <laughs> the Roy villain yeah. tear there's was no, so big. There's no vertical integration in this gang. It sucks. Yeah. You're just kind of stuck in the same dead end job with these, the clothing is legendary. Everything that Roy boy wears. Yeah. It just, sunglasses. I couldn't focus on anything. Yeah, I couldn't focus on anything he said because I was always focused on whatever he was wearing, with, yeah, like a lapel terrible. hanging open while he's blowing coke. And uh, it's really, it, he's a fascinating character. He's a pretty good bad guy, too. He kind of freaked me out a little bit. Uh, yeah. But the hair is, everyone's hair is so yeah. feathered. It's so, so 80s. Feathered. Every yeah. bad guy, good guy. The Sarge has the same hair as Roy Boy in a way. It's very weird <laughs> in that sense. So. Can we forgive the stock footage of Nam for like three straight minutes in the beginning? <laughs> I think so. Before we cut so. to that random park in Atlanta as yep. doubling for Vietnam. And, and I don't think those uh, Asian American actors were actually speaking Vietnamese or anything. I, so I was like, I, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I made a note of that too. I'm like, I'd, I'd love to know if that's actually Vietnamese. I love also that the three Asian American actors, like, they all seem to be rolling their eyes when they get killed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, oh, here we go tech, again. I guess. <laughs> Damn it, died in Nam. Hey Tim. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the fact too that th this movie is. Uh, if trauma had made it, we wouldn't be covering it. But because mm. it's, you know, it, it was. I don't want to call it mainstream, but it's got a fairly mainstream cast. I mean, the cast in it is is very decent. Yeah. Um, you know, the guy who plays Woody, uh, it's a shame that. Oh, you know what? He was in one other movie. He played. He was in, uh, he was in Rambo Part Two. Yeah, Part uh, Two. And he was a POW in that, and actually a damn good POW in that. He was good in this. He he was probably the best actor, I think, in in this one. You know, him dealing with his alcoholism. I I, I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, that was kind of cool that they actually tackled that a little bit, and you know, kind of 
actually they didn't shit on it. You know, they, I thought they did the, the his him doing the alcoholism stuff like they did it pretty well. They didn't make it preachy or anything. Mm-hmm. And right. they also didn't make him like at the end for the girl, like, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to pour it out for her. You don't get the <laughs> sense that like he's going to he you know, he did a big change or maybe he did. It doesn't matter. I like the fact that they didn't give it like a bunch of pomp and circumstance that his character changed. Um, I did. Yeah. Notice, sorry. No, I, um, that was it. I didn't know how to finish it. <laughs> I cut you off just in time. Just meat perfect. Yeah, I, I did notice the meat wallet. I did. I did notice that he was the. Um, he's seemingly the only one, and this seemed more like the director's fault than anything. But there's always like there would be like a delivery of a line of dialogue, and then just like this empty space. Yes. For a while, then someone else would talk, <laughs> and then there'd just be like this empty space for a while. Where are we going, guys? You, right. Woody seemed like the only one that was like on it. Like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna talk. Yeah. Are you talking? And he's like talk? the one that he can actually cry. Like he actually has, he can emote and everything. Right. right. Well, everything Getting was back... one take on this film, by the way. Was it one yeah. take for yeah, everything? Like There's no sure way there was, was more than one take. <laughs> well, there was some. There was some money there because this is New World Pictures. So you got to yeah. talk about yeah. Roger Corman. And the thing about I kind of that I kind of dig about the film and his involvement is he's basically doing his thing that he was doing in the '60s with like monsters and, and aliens and schlock but he's updating it for the 80s man like people were craving vigilanteism after death wish and, and kill squad and shit and they were craving uh like post vietnam stories about soldiers coming home so what do you do after fucking first blood and apocalypse now and coming home uh you crank up the cheese so he he was definitely giving people what they want and there was a product there so in that in that respect this this delivers yeah, uh, Zach. When did Exterminator come out? Was that eighty five? No, that was earlier. That was like okay. eighty three oh. or eighty two. Okay. Uh, yeah. But then Exterminator Part Two came out around this time. So you know, like like Eric's saying, New World has got, or, uh, you know, they uh, they've got their kind of sh- stock of like exploitation movies. Then there's Canon that's got their exploitation movies, and then there's you know independent filmmakers like Bill Lustig who's making Vigilante, which is in my opinion the top of the um the kind of death wish ripoff movies if you want to call it that it's damn good but as well look for that to come up on <clears throat> podcasting after dark eventually oh, uh but Ooh. i will say yeah I, I want to call woody the poor man's casey jones by the way uh, based on that <laughs> poster out i'm like if yeah. casey jones never wore a helmet and was in his like late 40s he might look a little like that so there God, you go. yeah, casey man. jones meets lou reed <laughs> yeah, but, but, but like with casey jones yeah. casey jones always looked cooler with the mask and i god i wish the mask was was in this why i mean so what is this poster like how did they even come up with it? You know, well, and I, I, that's 80s posters, right? I mean, it's like what's behind what's actually in the VHS case. Yeah. And the front, there's not often, uh, no. you know, a huge connection between these things. Which no, no. Charles Ban, Charles Ban once told a story at a Fangoria convention about how he would go into um, the offices of Blockbuster Video with mm-hmm. a poster that he made and they'd give him a hundred thousand dollars to like just get started yes, and make it. he would he's like i bring in this great poster and then the movie would m- not look anything near what the poster was supposed to be like and sometimes maybe put the scene in maybe sometimes not right? yeah put exactly <laughs> but at least the 80s case. posters yeah. weren't you know these the the photoshop floating heads you know that we get in True. the uh the the late 90s and everything and oh, uh, yeah God. i mean in, in as much as obviously as much as it, it upset me that that you know the the mask wasn't in the the movie it's still an amazing poster absolutely it yeah it's right behind you it's absolutely amazing That's it's fucking beautiful awesome. 
So Corey, poster. Corey, you have on the on the inside of that Blu-ray, there's an alternate. I think yeah, it's the possibly the the alternate poster. Uh, it looks like it might have been the authentic one originally. That one looks more accurate to what the movie is like. And I've seen that poster more actually. I, I yeah. think it's the I think on the DVD or the Blu-ray, yeah. it's the the title screen. You know, yeah. um, well, it's funny because I, I've seen this movie poster more. I've never seen that one, the original one. So that one's kind of new to me. Well, I've I would, never heard. I would of have this, this one in my office. This is awesome. I have no that? recollection of this. Uh, I'd never heard of it. And I, I, I just start once you guys announced it for us. I, you know, I googled it a little bit, and that's when I saw that. But as you say, like I was like, okay, this movie exists. That's all I need to know. And <laughs> waited until I watched it. Went in completely blind. And were the critics wow. kind, Michael? <laughs> uh, yeah. Usually we. <laughs> We go through the critical breakdowns of the films, but uh, it's hard to find those here. I'd have to really dig deep. Rotten Tomatoes uh, does not have anything other than a dumped over, (laughs) which we've already covered. And, you know, because they don't get it anyways. These people don't get it, but there's not a single critical review of the Annihilators. And if there is, it's probably from a newspaper way back in the day. And. Probably a very obscure newspaper, I would assume. <laughs> well, you, you guys got to make your way out to uh, Los Angeles at some point, because out here in, in um, Hollywood, there's a Quentin Tarantino owns a theater called the New Beverly Cinema. And yeah. Tuesday nights, typically, uh, they have Grindhouse Night. Mm. And The Annihilators was shown at one point with, cool. with Vigilante back to back. And actually, it was a triple feature because I think they ended up throwing in Exterminator Part Two in that um, way back when. And so I, I missed that screening, but I remember it selling out because it was so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And you know, this this is a niche audience. Like I, I know, uh, you, you know, this is going to attract people that are familiar with this genre. And if they're not, they're going to be like, "What the hell am I watching?" <laughs> you know, um, the, a movie was released uh, this past year, uh, but it but it. it it was made in 84 called New York Ninja and look for that to maybe come up <clears throat> uh, fairly soon on podcasting after dark too. getting all these spoils. I know. Um, You're spoiling me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Peeking behind sorry. The here. I'm peeking behind the meat wallet. <laughs> the meat wallet is open. The meat wallet is open and the cash is going in. Um, so, you know, these, these, these movies, I think, you know, you have to look at them with a certain lens, like not taking them too seriously. Uh, you know, clearly when they made this movie, they had the best intentions. I think you can <laughs> yeah. tell the lead actor, uh, Bill, you know, he so wants this to be like a vehicle for him to carry on and be the next Tom Atkins, um, you know, and Garrett Graham clearly does not give a shit whatsoever. <laughs> Garrett Graham's oh, like, man. where's my Garrett cocaine? Graham's like, I'm money. here for fun, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give a shit. And clear. And then the director's like, you're here for fun. Well, then we're gonna kill your character by some like little kid walking out with short shorts. On, you know? <laughs> so by I the way, that was. Shame on that woman. Shame on that mom. By the way, that let her kid wander out during a gun battle. Where's my mom? So I started watching this movie, and uh, and at first I'm like, "What am I? What are, the, what are these? What are they making us watch? What, what are these I, assholes making I, us watch?" Pretty much. I texted, I texted well, Eric and Mike. Jesus fucking Christ! They're like, what are yeah, you? I'm like "Should we make them change it again?" <laughs> but I'm, you know, and I'm watching it, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Oh man, I, you know, I can." And then I'm like, you know. 
<laughs> I'm kind of starting to get into it. By the time it gets to <laughs> is that, how you where, get into something? <laughs> yeah, that, that's me slowly getting into something. Give us a style. Yeah. It's like yeah. sort of revving off a little bit. Yeah, just kind of like <laughs> sitting there, like. Eh, eh. <laughs> uh, and by the time we got like an hour in, it took me a while. But when Woody goes and takes like a flying kick leap <laughs> yes. at the two people that are attacking <laughs> the, the, the the old homeless lady, like into some, right. some boxes, and then turns around and has like kind of a genuine moment where there's like a home. <laughs> Bet guy yeah. like, helping a homeless thing. I'm like, God damn it. They fucking got me. They finally got, I'm reeled in. I'm officially on board. Uh, oh, he doesn't even <laughs> kick him though. He just throws his body into those two dudes. He reminds me of the, the Flyboy in uh, Dawn of the Dead. Flyboy yeah. in Dawn of the Dead when he like f- throws himself at the zombies or something, or at the bikers, I think it is, or something like that. Yeah, it, look, like, it looks like there's someone off screen throwing him at them. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't know much about basic training, but over at Paris Island, are they doing like pro wrestling diving jump kicks? Like, how are yeah, they training the- these motherfuckers? <laughs> Well, sacrifice the to, body first. Shout Damn. out to the Millennium Falcon toy that was in her cart, though. My God, <laughs> if I could go back in time and take that, that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. That out. Oh. And it looked new, too. It didn't even like look dirty or anything. And I was like, you bastards, you bought that new and just opened it and put it in there, didn't you? Oh, you. Those things were fucking yeah. everywhere back then, 1985, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Taking it for granted. Yeah. Well, you nailed it. You nailed it, like, Zach, like, it takes a few minutes to know what you're getting into. Uh, Travis, you touched on it as well. Like it reminded me of our, of our blood diner episode. Like, mm-hmm. you know, immediately what you're dealing with and you were either going to be like, this is fucking stupid. I'm turning this off. Or you're going to settle in and just, you know, have fun. And that, that's what, that's what they were doing in the eighties, man. They were fucking just trying to have fun and entertain. Uh, I remember when the first scenes, like the townspeople, this is how they literally describe the quote-unquote chaos that's been going on because of this dangerous gang. They've been turning over sofas and chairs. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> that like, okay, holy group, shit! Like those old, like the, the business owners. Like, oh, some of them were so bad. Oh, and the like, like chamber of commerce. Yeah, oh. you know, and like, and like they, they like they stammered on their line deliveries, which kind of gives credit or credence to the fact that like it's probably was one take and everything i was like oh like try to say your your lines with a little bit more confidence and not like put a question mark behind everything you know but uh but that is also what makes it so interesting you know like like the the fact that like nowadays like every every movie every single tv show has a gazillion actors and people behind the scenes and the credits roll for like 45 minutes on all these things. There's just, yeah. there's no room for error in anything that we watch nowadays. It's so refreshing to go back and watch these older movies where yes, it's because it's a lower budget, but Zach and I talk about it too. It's like, you can also sense that behind the scenes, they're having a good time just making a movie. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's probably only about 50 people working on it versus like 500 people that work on, <laughs> on, you know, anything. Like I was, I was joking to Zach. Oh, what were you gonna say? No, please, don't no, please continue. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, just I was joking it. to Zach. We were watching. Uh, uh, was it was it Vice Squad? What was the one that Neon Slime was in? Vice Squad, uh, yeah. Vice Squad, yeah. And like great the movie. end credits, you know. So Wingshauser sings Neon Slime on Vice Squad. It's a great song. Um, mm-hmm. But the end credits like only last long enough for for the, that song. And I was like, it's like two, two minutes. minutes. It's like it's yeah. amazing. Whereas you know, you watch a TV show, a Marvel TV show, and the credits go for forty five minutes. So I just for some <laughs> reason than the episode, than the episode yes. itself, you know. And I just I like 
I like the 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 fact that not everything is perfect, and because of that, we can revel in these micro moments of of wonderfulness, like Woody having that tender moment with the homeless lady and everything <laughs> like that. You're like, you're like the rest of the movie is like so bad in a good way that right. you're like, oh, this is too good to be in this movie, <laughs> but that's what makes it so awesome, you know? Perfect, exactly. How much it of this film? Was shot at night. <laughs> I mean, all Very this little. like crimes going on yeah. during the yeah. There you go. Oh, that's yeah. right, Zach. Yeah, well, yeah. the point. sun is free. So <laughs> the sun is free, not yeah. for long. No, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. Wait, no, wait right. Elon Musk gets his hands on it. So, hey. so there's a, there's a big reveal at the end, like a big kind of. Uh, who, who is this helper, right? Um, uh, what's it called? Hold out Popeye, Harry. Happy Harry Hart on. Oh, yeah. 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 Popeye, Popeye, AKA Popeye. Yeah. Hold out Harry. Hold yeah. out so, Harry. You know, like I said in the opening, I had never seen, I hadn't seen this movie since I was a kid. And so I forgot about a ton of it. And I, and I'm watching it and I see the little feet shuffling and getting in the drug van and <laughs> driving off. And, and they're like, oh, that's hold out Harry. And, and I'm thinking, they're not following up with this, right? They're, they're, they're dropping this plot. They're clearly dropping this plot. And then at the end, they're like, you remember what I told you? Oh, yeah. I forgot. And it happens to be Popeye, too, from Vietnam. That was such an oh, awesome hilarious. way to, like, bring it back and everything. That's a Soze and, moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what kind of name is Popeye for an intelligence officer? <laughs> Dude, I mean, hey, he must big forearms. And shout out to the villain's death, man. He gets kicked off the roof and lands on top of a flaming car. I was like, I was like, yeah, Boy, that's boy. awesome. What I loved even more than that is like before he kills him, he's like, you're gonna go to jail for what you know for what you've done. And the guy's like, no, I'm not. He's like, well, then fuck it, I'm gonna kick you off this motherfucker. No. <laughs> It's like you why know, are you standing right next to the ledge anyway, guy? I've seen what like say means I've seen some great like uh set like plan scenes in movies, like where they plan out what they're they're gonna do to like yes. take on like the big act three maneuver. I have yet to see until tonight when I watched it. Three matchbox cars on a table. That that's <laughs> it. That's, that's all they did. They they keep saying it's like it's like Hogan's Alley. It's Hogan's Alley. It's Hogan's, Hogan's Alley. Alley. You, you Hogan's play Alley. that game like, on Nintendo. I'm I'm like I'm like what the fuck is Hogan's Alley? It's, it sounds familiar, but I don't know it. And clearly, the filmmakers are relying on us <laughs> on your knowledge. Hogan's Alley is. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, Hogan's Alley, and they are Hogan's heroes. So yeah, 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 right. Hey. But, but what what, what no even Clint, is this plan? Man. Like the the main part of the plan was pick up a car with a forklift what why the guy just jumped out and went and killed people and they you know did what? that in vietnam actually i've got a thought on that They're, they do have a, a they have a plan but it's not as it's more of a, it's it's almost a strategy the, uh, to me the main theme of the movie is self-empowerment through learning self-defense right mm -hmm. they, they yeah, go through yeah. and they, they teach the whole neighborhood chamber of commerce everybody here's how you can defend yourself and like you see when they're like defending the town or whatever that actually everybody for the most part is actually protecting themselves which is pretty cool actually yeah that that's great. that's one of the things i really liked about the movie and that i didn't see coming Same. i thought they were just gonna you know kick ass and take names i didn't know that they were gonna train the whole town a la seven samurai type mm -hmm. of thing and that was really really cool and then it all comes back all the moves that they teach come back Great. Yeah, the, the montage, the broom, the broom swipe, sweep the, the legs broom thing. swipe comes back, but the best <laughs> the was pencil. the pencil. The pencil. The kids did the pencil, and I was yeah, like, "That's fucking kids. brutal and awesome." 
Yes, the kid's <laughs> glad that he killed somebody. Yeah, you're not down killers. We're killers. There were some moments in it, too. There were, like, subtle moments where I'm like, wow, that was really... Uh, I love that moment. There was a moment where um, where uh, where Woody is getting in uh, Garrett's face, and he the smoke comes out of his nose. Did you guys see that? Like he was so pissed off. No. Like he must have just puffed a cigarette. It was when they were in the warehouse. And he funny. grabs him, and and it's and he must have just puffed a cigarette, but they didn't show him. So all you see is smoke coming out of his nose like a dragon. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm amazing. Or the scene when um when Probably Hawkins, a mistake. <laughs> right? Uh oh, sorry. When Garrett when Garrett kills um one of the bad guys by throwing a throwing star at his head, yeah, and then he winks at the store owner awful, after yeah. that. He's like, he's like, homicide. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No one needs to bring it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's all the throwing starts. For everyone that's wondering why the hell we're doing all these gunshots, the the, the opening credits are hilarious because after every single name that they list, there's a gunshot. A social producer gets a gunshot. It wasn't just like the title of the movie. They took it to the very end. And and the very opening sound, it's like this kind of sound. I'm like, oh, it sounds like the opening of the pad. (laughs) 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 Very, very second. (laughs) It has vibes. (laughs) But shout out to the uh, the car chase scene in this. I thought for a low budget film, it was it was handled really well with some really cool cars too it looked like there was like a couple gto's in there a couple novas in there and i was like damn and they it did not look like they were doing the mad max sped up footage it looked Mm -hmm. like they were actually driving fast and it also looked like they didn't shut down streets and they were just driving fast (laughs) through streets and i was like this has like it has like a visceral feel to it a grittiness uh that that you just again i just come back to the fact you just do not get anymore at all yeah, yeah. How about tumble. that beautiful cemetery with the skyline in the back, too? Where'd they find that? that was, hey, good job, line producer. Yeah. Coming up with a sweet cemetery shot there. What the I, best shot in the whole movie. One thing I love about all these movies, uh, and I'm, uh, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking of other kind of like Southern-based exploitation films like um, Return to Macon County or uh, Walking Tall. Those are a couple of good ones to, to rattle off. But, what about Southern Comfort? Southern Comfort. Yeah, Southern Comfort would work. That's in the bayou. But but I dig that. I love that movie, by the way, Walter Hill. And um, oh. but but Return to Macon County is a very uh, they I, I well there's I think there's Macon County and then there's Return to Macon County with Nick Nolte and Don Johnson, and uh and 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 like kind of once you go down to the South, they play by their own rules, kind of thing, you know. <laughs> that's right. And, and I think in Atlanta, that's like the deal where I love how the cops throughout this whole thing never show up never show up when all the carnage for like good part of 15 minutes goes by and there's not one cop car in sight then they roll up after everything's done you're like okay cool well at the end of the movie they explain it okay though the climax is that the climax of the film okay we'll show up now cool cool (laughs) because i made the same note and then like then we learned that it's popeye that has been kind of holding them back i'm like which is great which i actually really i think it's smart writing uh, you know, as, as, as cheesy as this film is and it has mm-hmm. its moments that obviously don't click. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, it's smart writing. Like they, the, the fact that they have an undercover guy in, on the inside and it ends up being mm-hmm. the guy who's the biggest pain in their ass. Mm-hmm. It, it makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think that the writing is actually kind of strong and 
I know that this is a cult film and and the people that you know love this movie love this movie and would maybe find this blasphemy but I could see a remake happening and have it be pretty good. I think yeah. I think there's a, I think yeah. that the core here is pretty pretty solid and you could and you could do something with this. Well, I, I mean, if you think about it, sorry Zach, but the, no, no. it's it it is almost kind of like a, lo- a loose remake of Seven Samurai or more to the point uh, mm-hmm. Magnificent Seven because like totally. and, and the scene with the big shootout and you've got you know Garrett up on the roof or whatever this is straight out of a western where you got a guy on the top of the saloon just shooting down at people totally. that whole retaliation like chunk is straight up good in my opinion yeah. Yeah, and the fact that you know the the people were helping them and and were a part of them and you know and he was like you know the the, the three knock thing it's not just to let us know but it's also like a, like to unify us too. solidarity and, yeah. yeah solidarity yeah, yeah. frontier and I was like, justice this is smart this is cool and yeah the the writing it's like it's like the budget just couldn't sort of match it and I think the the biggest problem with the movie and there are a lot of problems but if you listen to podcasts after dark you know that problems don't mean bad like it doesn't mean it's yeah. a bad movie but I think the thing that really kind of holds it back the most is that first five or ten minutes when it's just somebody's backyard and you're just like <laughs> it's like you're like okay if you didn't have this scene Sprinklers. in there do you really like did you really need this because I do think that that really holds it back because after that I think the quality does go up I mean it's not ever going to go up to like a, an 100 but it goes up you know it, and it yeah. gets better after that I do, I think they could have actually just lost that beginning but well I know what make you it mean. flashbacks man make it flashbacks when you're introducing each character give me one memory from Nam or something yeah. like that or yeah, give us one scene from the whole you know scene, but from each point of view. And then if it's a flashback, you can maybe throw a filter on there and give it. Mm-hmm. Just try to hide the fact that yeah, it's it's a clearly just a rented park or something. <laughs> hide that merry-go-round I clearly saw. Yeah, <laughs> it's clearly a metro park. Oh. The kid on the kid on the swing or something. He's like, yeah. <laughs> kids are running run by. Frisbee <laughs> goes <laughs> flying <laughs> by. You know. <laughs> I think you know you, you you hit the nail on the head too with uh with with the Seven Samurai, the Magnificent Seven. What wasn't Three Amigos? Didn't they do that in Three Amigos where they get the townspeople to back yeah. them up too? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. But but I think Eric, you're right. Like when you talk about remakes when what constitutes a remake this does in my opinion you know when there was talk that they were going to remake the warriors or whatever i'm like you just don't do that because it's it's not a movie you can't do that with the warriors it's just it's a time capsule film this is not a time capsule film this could this is happening right now and you could do it with militia people or whatever you know uh coming into the town or something like that it's very timely i think in in a in a weird way um yeah you could easily do that and i'd be down with it and it's it's a a forgotten enough film that people Mm -hmm. wouldn't really raise that bunch of a stink at it yeah, and, and another thing that I did kind of going with what you're saying, Zach, uh, what makes it kind of stand out and be a little bit different is, you know, their whole goal was not just revenge. You know, they mm-hmm. kept kind of no. reiterating that, you know, we're not here to just avenge our friend's death. We're here to actually do like finish his mission, which was to clean up this little part of town and mm-hmm. actually help the people. And I like how they kind of kept reiterating that and everything. And they have a couple moments where maybe they could, you know, initiate the, the revenge thing, but no, it's, it's it's not about that and i liked that and i think that's still a message if probably even more applicable you know these days and maybe this could take place in in downtown la that's you know ravaged now and in in a post-covid environment and everything and people like you know reclaiming their blocks and stuff Mm -hmm. like that uh there's a message there but i'm I'm, i like that 
I like revenge movies. I love revenge movies, but I like that this wasn't actually about revenge. I would say improving the community was their first objective. Mm-hmm. The second one was to was revenge. Well put. And yeah. and meat wallets, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what we're all about. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I think we've covered a fair deal of this movie like we always do. Anything anybody want to get on the record before we get to our final verdicts on this film? Travis, I, yes. I have something very important to mention, which during the um, the training montage and all that, you see everybody there. There is one guy wearing a shirt that just says music. I, yes. need, I need that shirt. I need it. <laughs> I like Can someone too. find this shirt? It's only 38 years old. Come on. I, I'm a huge I'm a huge t-shirt guy. And I'm a huge t-shirt guy in movies, right? So like uh Stephen King rules or or the t-shirts from Real shirt. Genius that uh Chris Knight wears ah. throughout are so great. Or uh American Flyers, the the one where he's wearing it's a, the slogan in 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 Latin. Um and and I was watching um, Don the Dragon Wilson movie uh, uh Blood Fist. And there's like Jake and Ray's uh, boxing gym or something like that. I'm like, oh, that would make a great T-shirt, you know. Whenever yeah. I see T-shirts like that, you just got to make it. Just got to yeah. make it. Yeah. You know, you guys could sell it as merch on your. Uh, now that you've covered Annihilators, like Corey does, <laughs> Corey makes these great uh, podcasting after dark inspired T-shirts that he sells on that we sell on T Public. Uh, you could do that on your show with your logo, but do it with like the Annihilators. Yeah, you guys could be the Annihilators or something. Yeah. Like that. Oh. that is a great idea, and I need to ask you about that too off air that sounds <laughs> yeah, very yeah, promising <laughs> we, so far we have cinema nine shirts and there's only three of them well <laughs> well you can, we can make more if people want them apparently you got to make 10 designs on t public to get like people to just type your name in and they'll find them but whatever mm. oh Oh, okay. is it right. is it ten? Because I feel it, like we have like just like eight or nine or something. In that. We're so close, dude. Yeah, we're so, we're so, so close, more. so close. That's <laughs> close, very close. Okay, uh, yeah. Everybody good? I, I just want to throw out uh, the only other note that I had uh, was uh, Joe's dad was the best actor in the entire movie. God damn, right. he was and everything. Yeah, Joe's dad. I teared up. Very. Yeah, I, oh. yeah, I know. <laughs> and I want to track. Did you notice that milk was more expensive than cigarettes? Why does it cost the same as it does now? <laughs> I, I a milk shortage back in '85. <laughs> I noticed when one of the gang members ripped open that classic Cheetos back from the '80s, the yes. blue Cheetos. Yeah. Cheetos has changed yes. completely yes. since 1985. Side note, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember Planters Peanuts? They used to have the cheese balls in a can. Oh, yeah. yeah. The can. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. My grandpa used to have those with seven ups in a glass bottle yes. in his bar all the time. Yeah. Okay. Michigan guys. You, you, do you remember Verner's? Oh, of course. It's still proud. We're very proud of Verner's to this country, day. bro. Hell yeah. yeah. That's Vago and that's Verner's. Vago rock and right. ride, baby. Yeah, yeah if you get sick in Michigan, you're having warm burners. It's burners just, it doesn't work at all. Blue. It's just pure sugar. <laughs> yeah, no. It's not going to make you feel any better. <laughs> but let it get, get it room temperature and flat, and then yeah. it's going <laughs> to heal you. <laughs> no, I need that effervescence. Are you kidding me? Got to have that effervescence. So. <laughs> All right, well, things, baby. <laughs> differently in our house, I guess. <laughs> That's brisk, baby. So it's time for us to make our determinations on this film. Does it hold up or not? Uh, boy, who wants to go first? Does anyone want to go first? Is anyone chomping at the bit here? I'll go first. Oh, brave I, it, soul you are. Based, How about does that? it hold up? It's, it's such a hard thing to say because does it like based on what, right? Um, this is a unique version of this sack for sure. And that's why actually probably one of us should have gone first to set the tone here to give you okay. guys. Cause that, how about I'll go first. I'll go please, first. Please, please so, do. Yeah. So this film has <laughs> everything that you guys described. It's funny at times, but it does flit 
into a very specific type of film. So to not understand that means that you're really not paying attention. Maybe you don't know film history. Maybe you don't understand how genres work. And that's okay if you wow. don't. If you're just a, Hot takes. If you're just chill. <laughs> if, if you're, if you're just, the, all the audience under the bus right there. <laughs> yeah. also fuck you. I know everything and you know nothing. Uh, this Also, this film is available on Tubi. That's how I watched it. So if you have Tubi, yep. it's all God free. God bless Tubi. YouTube. Yeah, that's great. These guys have been talking about Tubi for two years, and I finally used it for the first time. So, there it is. Look at me. I'm all grown up in the world. Look at me. And it's dumb, yes, but it actually has some points about it that you do go, oh, that's pretty cool. The community coming together and fighting for a common cause. And there's not a lot of... Uh, I guess there's not a lot of labeling going on here in terms of uh, cliches, actually. You'd be surprised. I would expect a lot more cliches and tropes in this movie for it being in 1985 than there actually was. So I was actually surprised by that, in a sense. And if you know what it is, if you just want to laugh at some of the stuff because it's just plain stupid and it's poorly done, that's okay. And that doesn't mean a movie doesn't hold up here. To us, it's always this never-ending discussion about what it means to each one of us individually for a film to hold up. Is it about the t parlance of our times, to use the Lebowski quote? <laughs> Is it about what's going on in society and does it fit into the narrative of today? Society. Is it about, hey, I had a good... Society. Yeah, we have to use the word society at least once per show. <laughs> Is it about having a good time? Or does it maybe feel good? Is it a piece of shit movie that I just like to zone out to? So that's good enough for me. That means it holds up. This is all in the mix, in the hopper for all three of us when we do this part of the show. So I'm going to say that for what this movie is, it holds up. It does what it's supposed to do. It doesn't hide. It doesn't pretend to be anything that it isn't. And it, that's good enough for me. I, I had several laughs, and it created a lot of entertainment for us to have several laughs ourselves during the show on. So I say it holds up. Yay. Who gives a shit? Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> Grab it, Zach. Are we frozen? Oh, <laughs> I think Zach is frozen. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, there, <laughs> there he is. He's hey, back. Buddy. Hey! You're back, baby. You're here. You're here. I don't know if he can hear us, but we oh, see you. You look I'm beautiful. Here. I'm here. Oh, good. Okay. Woo. Hallelujah. <laughs> society, probably. Society. Yeah. No, I, I mean, uh, so I'll, I'll just jump in really quick and say it, it holds up. I love it. Um, you're right. It doesn't pretend to be anything that it's not. It's not trying to break any new ground and it's got enough nice little surprises throughout that, um, and shocks mm -hmm. that get you, get you going, get you going in the fun zone to quote yeah. boogie nights. <laughs> That's right. And I'll, I, I'll Mr. throw in Mr. After. Torpedo area. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, and, Corey. Uh, as per usual with, uh, you know, movies, because Zach did pick this one, because uh, uh, when you guys asked me, I asked him, so he kind of picked it. Uh, as per usual, I had never seen it, so this is a <laughs> fresh take uh, mm -hmm. on it, and I guess in, in 2022, I think it's a fun movie. Uh, like everything everybody just said, I think uh, it has something to say. And I think what it's trying to say is actually positive. And I think what it's trying to do, like what the characters are trying to do is, is a cool thing and a very positive thing. Uh, and I think like you know, everyone said again, it, it is what it is. You know, if you're going to watch it and think high art, it's not that. It's it's a cult movie and it's an exploitation film. It's a low budget movie. It's schlock. It's fun. It's you know, it's all <laughs> that stuff, but in a good way. And it but 
I think what sets it apart and what kind of uh, is the meat on the bones is it has a heart. I think it's schlock with a heart. And uh, that's what I think is the best thing about it. I think it's the opening act holds it down the most to the Vietnam stuff at the beginning. But if you can get past that first 10 minutes and laugh <laughs> yeah. at it, you have, you'll have a much more, I think you have a smoother ride after that, you know, with a lot more fun to be had. So it holds up. For sure. Yes, I think it. I think it holds up as a first time viewing in 2022. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go so, ahead and jump in next. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Eric. No, if you want, if you want, go out by well, all means. I, I quickly want to give a little bit more props to uh, this guy Charles E. Sellier because uh, he's coming off uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is like historically like one of the most considered like obscene like uh, awful films that was just so mean-spirited and just eviscerated <laughs> by critics so and he just kind of points a middle finger to the industry which was bold man and he comes out with just sexploitation and and horrific violence and just says you know i'm gonna do my thing and make a killing at it you know granted the film wasn't a success but he gives us something that at the end of the day is is fucking fun and we see a lot of action movies that are like thrilling and and you know powerful and serious but it, it's rare to see one that's just plain fun, dude. And and the film has, like you said, things to say about empowerment and friendship. Uh, and it does yeah. it in a good way. I I love the just the the artifice of everything. It's like just so like it's so flat. The lighting, like it's just there's nothing there. Like was there <laughs> even a gaffer? It's like that scene in the <laughs> coffee shop, which is a nice scene where the the waitress wants him to stop drinking. But like there's this fucking cord that plugs in the coffee pot just taking up the whole shot you can't move over one booth so that stupid thing isn't there like who they didn't care man it was just like let's shoot the picture get it in the can and just make another one right after that it was just a a, a, a era of filmmaking that i, I do kind of miss where they were just churning out fun stuff not as product but as as entertainment uh, so I, I think it holds up. I was laughing a lot throughout the movie, man. It's kind awesome. of a hidden gem from the 80s, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, there's an energy to to that kind of filmmaking that you just don't get anymore. And yeah, I'm, I I saw that chord too, and I was like, I was like, yeah, it's all natural lighting in this movie. There is no DP whatsoever. But again, that's the charm of it. That's what makes it fun because you just feel like, yeah, these guys just they, let's do it, let's get on, let's make this, and let's have fun and move on to the next scene. You don't give a shit, but then you get a nice little performance out of it. Like Woody's, you know, the actor puts in a nice mm -hmm. little performance. You're like, okay, cool, I get this, I like this. Let's do yeah, it live. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. It does. It does have like this guerrilla filmmaking kind of feel about yeah, it. I, and it does. I would be kind of shocked if they had all the proper licensing. Honestly, the I think during that car chase scene, they had no proper licensing. They're whatsoever. literally driving in a circle. You see the same fucking building over the rums of toxic waste all over the street. Right. <laughs> Other cars that are like stopping, trying not to get hit. You right. know? So I, 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 I never had heard of it. I probably wouldn't have watched it. Part of me, uh, Corey, thinks that like I maybe would have been more on board from the start if i had been drunk the first viewing i think that i think that i recommend that i, yes, I recommend yes. three beers <laughs> to start for sure and then starting and then hitting play um but once once i kind of let my guard down with it and kind of went like okay this is this is what we're doing this is this is so this is schlock as you say uh once once i let my guard down i really really started to enjoy the movie and i'm i'm not gonna sit here no one i think could sit here and be like hey this is an objectively good movie right but uh you know there's a scene we didn't talk about where woody is legitimately getting shot at and trying to help his friends and he like has to like hide from a shotgun blast and he breaks the uh 
fifth of whiskey in his in his front pocket and his buddies accuse him of like being or at least one of his buddies garrett accuses him of like being drunk and it never even gets resolved it never comes up again you just know that one of the guys and maybe a couple of guys in his crew kind of think oh, he's not being very reliable he's a drunk and it's like wow they didn't need to put that scene in the movie but no. suddenly i'm just like so much more invested in this character and mm. like his nobility and like all this stuff i'm like man, they, the movie just kept on throwing these surprises at me uh you you as you watch it you will underestimate it and then you will be surprised i will say that this movie gladly holds up and i'm really glad that you guys uh chose it and, and picked it for us and that you came on our show and talked about it with us so right on thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Five, five holds up has to be a record. Sure. Wow. I don't, I don't think, I don't know if we'll ever top five. Right? Top. <laughs> well, well, next time we have a sign. People, we'll... so. Yeah, man, we want you I... back. By all means. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, of course, you guys, you have a pass for life here. We really enjoyed this. This was, you guys have a lot of laughs. Everything that you hear about when you listen to their show was just on display in real Pretty time. Much live oh. on youtube here and it's the same human beings that i thought i was going to get from the show so that's what i ask for and that's what i demand and thank you for doing that because it just makes it natural you guys are natural we're natural we're we pride ourselves <laughs> just being three bozos who've known each other for, well i call myself a bozo i don't want to be cruel to my friends but, <laughs> no, okay good that's you can call me a bozo known each other for <laughs> 30 years yeah, <laughs> Bozo fest. Yeah, we have been friends corner. since you know, like I've known Travis since 1992. Okay, and I met Eric in '94, and we've known each other ever since. So we still get to talk movies, and you guys slide right into that. That's not easy to do either. Like you guys have your own shit, and you're well known, but it's not necessarily easy to come into this environment and just naturally fit into the movie discussion. So that means we probably all could have been part of the same friend group once upon a time when we were all teenagers. I think that's a, I think that's a, a very true statement right there. Is is Zach Paul? No, there he is. He's I'm back, there. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was sorry. I was uh, counting the money in my meat wallet. We're not gonna hear the end of that anytime soon. Boy. Oh man! Thanks for <laughs> thanks for really locking in on that one, guys. I really appreciate man. that one. <laughs> yeah, I I'm, hope that I'm carries just... forth back to podcasting after dark. <laughs> it's got do. to now. But uh, <laughs> I mean, thank you all so much for having us on the show. You guys thank produce you. a fantastic show. Yeah, uh, I very much enjoy it, and I think you guys are a lot of fun. To to talk to and i look forward to you know doing more crossover stuff uh having you guys on on our show in the future and you know yeah. doing more stuff like this uh you guys are a lot of fun and but just like but mad respect as like you know fellow content producers and everything mad respect uh, oh that thank you steven thank you um uh mad respect as content producers and and just you guys are, are crushing it and you guys put on a such a fun show and you're 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 you guys are awesome. And you guys were so much fun to talk to. So thank, thank, thank you. And congratulations <laughs> on 100 episodes. Seriously. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm not oh, going to. Yeah. I don't mean to. Uh, this is 100% true. I've, I've done a few other podcast appearances before. And, and this by far takes the cake as being my most Aww. most fun. Oh, so so uh, sweet. Thank this you, was very. You guys, yeah. you guys run a tight ship. And yeah. I appreciate that. And we don't talk over each other. And it's like it's very homogenous. So, uh yeah, you guys were great. And and you're right. We kind of gave you a preview of what we do on the show. But that's just who we are. We're just talking, telling, talking shit and telling stories. So we're all just talking, guys. That's all we're doing. This we're is talking here, John. Well, I'm working this is out what while we we're do talking. And it's who we are. I'm actually that's on right. a treadmill while we're talking. That's why I'm, I'm doing it. It's very obvious. Yeah. Wallet. Yes. 
Oh God. Okay, the show's off the rails. Oh, so there yep, it is. Obviously, these guys are, these guys are from podcasting after dark. In case you didn't know, if you've been around this long, and if you're watching on a replay too, make sure you're connected with them on standard podcast platform of your choice. I assume you can find yep. it anywhere. Yeah. There's podcasts available, and of course, there are a plethora of other shows which we've mentioned, and uh, we'll add that to the description as well. Uh, before we go, we have to do. We always do. You guys get to stick around for a Cinema Nine ritual. We got to choose next week's movie of choice and that means it goes back to the top of the order which is travis roy you have control of the board what will we be doing for episode 101 101 that's awesome and thank you so much you guys zach and Corey, for your kind words and uh for being here just and everybody listening if you've not already checked out podcasting after dark Go to their site. Go and check out. You listen to us, then you know that these guys have just a gold standard. Just a ton. Oh, great website, too. Great website. Yeah. Yeah. Podcastingafterdark.com. I forgot to mention that. I checked it out. It's really good. It's because it's organized and so easy to navigate. Good stuff. Yeah. And they do, again, like they said, three hour, four, like these incredibly deep dives. So uh, please do check them out. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for entertaining me during the last couple of years. <laughs> Our <laughs> pleasure. Jack is in the meat wallet. <laughs> um, all right. So for next week's episode, I thought I would shift gears drastically. And uh, also, you know, we're 100 episodes in. It's time to kind of do some of the things I've been wanting to do and haven't done. For instance, we've not done any animated films. It's time. Oh, boy. Oh, we go. God. Yeah, it's Here we go. It's time. Stop talking. It's time. <laughs> and also, we haven't done a lot of family films either, and there's much overlap here. So I am ready to take a look at a film that came out right when I was a teenager. So... I was just at the right age, like the age where I didn't quite, you know, I was like, oh, I'm too old for this. But also um, everybody I know loves it. And I watched it when we worked at Blockbuster Video. So I've seen it a couple of times. I'm like, this is a great movie, but um, it's come to be seen as this beloved treasured classic for a lot of people that for me, I'm just, I've only seen it a couple of times and I kind of was working while it was on. So I thought it'd be a good idea to go back to 1999's The Iron Giant. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yes, the Brad Bird classic. Sorry, Brad Bird classic. I'm guessing it's gonna hold up, but again, I haven't seen it in so long, and I felt like we should we should mix things up here. So the, the it does. I watched Diesel it two classic. years ago with my son. He <laughs> Vin Diesel. It. I yeah. bet he did. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great pick. Vin Diesel. Heartwarming. Yeah. 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 Um, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. Yep. And I want to see Jennifer Aniston. Yep. Jennifer Aniston. Oh, she was the mom. Oh, no, I haven't, I the mom. I haven't seen her McDonald's? probably since 1999, too. Yeah, same. Oh, God. Shooter oh, McGavin? Yeah, yeah, Shooter McGavin. Yeah, But fun fact, I met him in L.A. at a bar. I just kind of said hi to him. And no I have the same birthday as he does. He oh, uh, He's February 15th, just like me. Oh, that's my sister's birthday and my oh. grandmother's birthday. That's well, so happy cool. belated birthday to your sister and your grandmother. <laughs> I won't tell them you said so. I said, yeah. it's a meat wallet. said, happy <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just taking the next step and start calling you that. I'm just kidding. Please do. Please not. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm making the shirt as soon as we're done with this. I'm making the Meat Wallet shirt. Yeah, who gets copyright on Meat Wallet shirt? It's on our show, but Corey <laughs> said it. So it's yeah, yours. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm giving it to you guys. You guys can have it. <laughs> that's great. So there it is. Uh, I've never seen the Iron Giant. I've, I've I've already heard jokes in movies oh, yeah. that I've watched about people who are grown ups crying about the Iron Giant. Right, so I Ted know Lasso it's going to be very tender. Yeah. I look forward to checking out a new movie for me. Yay, woohoo. All right, there it is. We did it. It's in the can. Thanks to Podcasting After Dark, Corey and Zach, 
for myself, Michael Govier, Travis Roy, Eric Brancher, Zach Schaefer, and Corey. We're out of here. Catch you next 100 episodes. Woo. <laughs>